This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Baylock. And we're just two guys who have no other choice than able to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, our uncontrollable urge to murder women is only abated by the mm-hmm. soothing sounds of trains and podcasting as we watched mm. Spine 324 in the Criterion Collection, Jean Renoir's La Bête Humaine from 1938. But first, RJ, mm-hmm. how are you this splendid evening? I was better until we started oh, for whatever reason. The, the, the negativity, it's already here. <laughs> Not uh, I am mere, not near seconds. All right, well, are, I I'm doing fine, Jared. I'm doing fine. I'm uh, busy, as people uh, tend to be sometimes, and you know that's uh that's how life goes. So yeah, you know, no use complaining. Um, but uh, I do know that there's a lot of individuals out there who would like to be tender with you this year. So are you aware of said individuals? People tender with me? Yeah. Because last week you made a call to be tender and uh, positivity, and uh, someone on Twitter uh, answered that call and said that they would like to be tender with you, did, if possible. Did they? Did you not see that? I, I don't know if I did. Uh, here, I, now that we're talking about it, it's as easy as two clicks, Jarrett. One, two. Who was it? Uh, Buckle my shoe. One, two, buckle your shoe. Um, Will Martin said oh. that uh, I want to be tender to you dudes going forward. I see. I know. I, I miss that. What I did see from also uh, Will Martin was mm-hmm. the heart wants what the heart wants. And in parentheses, which is Star Trek Enterprise. Well, I mean, as soon as they can convince you to board that... Uh board the poop deck with me then uh Mm -hmm. i think it's all systems go no Uh, have you started diving into the uh the hot package that is enterprise i have not rj i have not gotta gotta say could you at least Um, watch the uh intro uh with the song just so that whenever i do start talking about it you have something to uh I've, i've seen that before yeah but have you seen it recently not no not for a long time okay there's some pretty sharp zooms in that thing, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to play my cards too, too, too soon here. Okay. But, uh, okay. Some sharp zooming in those bad boys. So, uh, well, you tell them when. When are we going to get the Enterprise talk? I don't. I'm not sure. Like, when are you going to finish up season one, RJ? <sighs> Fuck, months from now. Okay, there you go. Months from now, but I mean, hey, people want to hear about uh, Chris Carter's Millennium any day of the week, baby. <laughs> any day of the week. Any day of the week. You know. Well, I mean, what we could do is on a Saturday here, RJ can sit down and I'll hit record and I'll leave the mm-hmm. room. Yes. I'll kind of run in, run in every once in a while and go, oh, wow, that sounds great. Oh, that that's sick. And then go back to doing other things. Yeah. I mean, that is one way we could do it. No. I also... Call I'm exclusive. Exclusive. I would like to just uh, do it like in 15-minute increments during our normal podcast uh, hour. And then uh, we can, uh, you can sort, or get the people that we offsource or outsource the editing to, get them to deal with it. You know what? Uh, our time's more important than uh, editing. I was going to say that uh, I was uh, looking over those stats, RJ, some mm-hmm. behind the scenes info mm-hmm. here. And I I'd noticed there had been a bit of a drop off in listenership. And I was kind of like, is this the Star Trek talk? I'm, like, I'm wondering. I, I'd noticed this a while back. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, 
every once in a while I'm reminded of it. I see, ooh, people don't really care much about the children watching us. People people don't care. Mm. And uh, there's not been a lot of growth. And I was like, oh, that's too bad. I guess we're really mm-hmm. uh, we're real fuck-ups. But uh, the other day I noticed that uh, someone had crunched some numbers. Mm. Uh, they were talking about... Uh, WWE and how mm. their their viewership is in the toilet. And one of the indicators of this potentially is uh, Google searches and Google trends and how often things get looked up. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, no one's looking up Criterion Creeps. I looked up Criterion mm. Collection. You could definitely see that uh, it has hit a plateau in terms of mm-hmm. interest in general, especially since Google came into being and which also corresponded with the height of physical media back in like mm-hmm. 2004. And it's kind of like, now it's a niche product, but I was like wondering, I'm like, Oh, what about like movie podcasts? Like do people mm-hmm. Google movie podcasts? And sure enough, RJ, there's also been a, a dip. Mm-hmm. People maybe just like they've, they've settled in. They, they got, mm-hmm. they got their shows. Mm-hmm. Though I do notice on Twitter, People are always tweeting out. Got any podcast recommendations? Uh, and in any instance that you've ever seen someone say that, uh, have you ever felt compelled to either put in an offering? Or if someone's ever said that, have you ever even felt compelled to look at what people suggest in, in said podcasts? Never. Yeah. And see, that's where I lean towards that. I've seen that pop up many times, but I have never, ever felt interested enough to see any suggestions that other people have i don't even want to listen to the podcast that that we that we do the one let alone someone else's podcast yeah so so what you're saying is that uh global content has hit a plateau and Mm -hmm. that's it that's it as far as it's gonna go I i think it's uh it's all downhill from here well we've known that for many let's uh let's just go down with the ship Mm mm-hmm we're along for the ride. Yeah. And then what? I don't know. Maybe we'll get deplatformed. Deplatforming? Yeah. And what could it Do you think they could speed that up at all? Uh maybe. I mean, I don't know. You could just start uh leaking the tweets from the Gabagools. I can I can imagine uh, it's uh it's pretty uh sus on there. All, 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 all that's on there is good, wholesome stuff. Like, uh, you remember Dat Boy? You remember that frog? Dat Boy? Yep. That's pretty much the extent of what the Gobble Ghouls is about. Okay. Is Dat Boy mo- uh, memes and anything that's got spaghetti in it. Um, do you know what I mean? Spaghetti's a big, a big uh, meme for us. Nothing, nothing as bad as Dunkin'verse stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is that like the metaverse? It's kind of, but it's like... It's more uncomfortable. Do you know what I mean? It makes you a little bit more uncomfortable. But it is also soothing. Uh, some have said some. that it could be. No. I'm not one of those, but some no. have said that. Some. Yeah. Some. Some. Well, what's new with you, Dunks? <laughs> Dunko? Uh, not a whole heck of a lot, RJ. Hmm. Not a whole heck of a lot. I'm not sure if I buy that. I don't know if I buy what you're putting down there, Jared. Still uh, still on the coffee train. And how's that been going? Fine. That Good. one's been, yeah. So I, I do find, I, sweet, I, that's what you said. Yeah. I do find, though, that there is there is definitely a, 
a cap on how much I can drink. Not because of like this. Oh, yeah. It keeps me up at night, but it just like just sits in your gut. And yeah. it's like, oh, I don't, I don't feel good anymore. I don't remember. I don't remember that feeling. Well, that, that's aging for mm-hmm. one. But also, I mean, coffee is acidic. So like at a certain mm-hmm. point, your pH levels, Jared, in your stomach, your pH, it's uh, out of out of control. My pH, will it, will it burn through me? It might, oh. and in more ways than one. Oh no! So have you uh, have you added any anything to your coffee game? Have you no. invested <laughs> in a pour over like I suggested? Or no, no I have not. Why not? <laughs> it's, it's only it's only been a week. I I haven't gone anywhere, RJ. I don't know if you realize we're in the middle of a pandemic. Well, Jarrett, you can support local and buy that online at Amazon, and they'll bring it right to your door. You don't even have to leave wow. your house. Is that the new local? Well, someone, whoever the delivery guy, he must live somewhere within the area, right? Right. Absolutely. So you're supporting him, at the very least. Yeah. Is what I think. Oh, I, I did a pull in RJ this past week. I had some. What, what did you do to your underpants? I had some CDs delivered to me for uh, for the vehicle excuse me right. you uh and you know after I, everyone I was, was giving I, me I, such I, grief I, well I, I was giving you grief because of your taste in music well you don't like outcast wow i i, I more of the frame of your music that and blink 182 nothing I mean, wrong with some uh some skater music my friend yeah skater music skater boys I've, I've, I've never seen anyone skating to uh blink 182 just just guys in cars i mean not that you know of yet yet that's the only people i see drive skating cars thinking about skate actually you shouldn't even be talking about skating i don't even, uh, i mean there's I there, there's an entire like group of listeners that probably don't even know the tale of rg on his yes. skateboard <clears throat> i'm aware but let me put it to you like this i talked to a person who is a skater he uh, frequents the skate park. He owns skating clothes. And uh, yes, yes, he, he fits the part. And he told me that it doesn't matter how long I was on the board. I was on the board and there was an injury. And he said in his books, that means that I'm a skater boy. Oh, he's making you feel good about yourself. That's that's great. I mean, he was telling it. He was saying what other people were, I think, a little bit too afraid to say. He was telling me that I was a genuine skater Despite the quality of my voice, <clears throat> despite the quality of my voice, I did a rapid test uh, a mere ten hours ago and it came negative. RJ was de aging, I think, before our years. Well, <laughs> going through adolescence again. I, I wasn't even thinking uh, you had a little bit of the vid or anything like that, RJ. I was assuming that thought I'd... it was puberty. Yeah. Well, I mean, puberty is a hell of a thing, Jarrett. Have yeah. you ever had it? Uh, I'm still waiting. Um, no, I've, I've actually on my, uh, I'm past my secondary mutation as, yeah. uh, as described in Grant Morrison's new X-Men comics. Remember, oh. remember, remember when Beast became like real beastie like? When Beast became beastie. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. When he get he, he got was like, like a cat man. beastier. Yeah. Which makes zero sense. That he would become a cat? Yeah. Cause yeah. he just, yeah. Cause originally Beast was just like, uh, I don't know, like a, he had like big gorilla hands and big feet. Mm-hmm. And then he got exposed to blue furring, yeah, which had nothing to do with his mutation. But then, uh huh, Grand Morrison. But what if it did? I mean, so I I don't have we ever talked about this. Where do you where do you fall on the cat beast? Do you like blue beast? 
Do you like Cat Beast? Or I like. You just oh, like I, I, I like. Beast I like. Man. I like Blue Beast. Blue Beast is best, right? Yes. Now, are you talking Kelsey, Kelsey Grammer, Grammer Beast? Oh yeah, you okay. betcha. Okay. Now, do you think that like in all iterations, like he's using the Fraser voice? Probably, right? Yes. I mean, that's got, but that stems from the '90s cartoon, I think, right? Because whoever they got to play Beast in the '90s cartoon. I'm gonna look that up. Who do, you, who do you think played Beast in the '90s cartoon? Not Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, I know, but like he had a pretty distinguished voice, right? Yeah, I'm not sure who the voice actor was at that time. But I mean, I think that's where it all stems from: is that the voice actor had a pretty distinguished voice. So when they casted real life Beast, huh. they're like, "We got to go with a, a proper gentleman." Proper gentleman. A right proper gentleman. Okay, so let's see here. I'm on the page. Uh, we got Magneto. We got and Morph. I, I think uh, it probably even goes back to Wizard Magazine doing casting calls. I don't know if you for were Beast. Uh, if you well for X Men movies, and I believe uh, Kelsey Grammer was in there because Kelsey Grammer was so hairy. It was one of their justifications. I mean, <clears throat> that is a potential thing. Now I found the guy who plays Beast, Jared. I'm going to send it your way here, and I think you'll recognize this guy immediately. Um, and I believe. I could be wrong, but he looks like the the guy from Dirty Work. Or actually, not Dirty Work. He looks like the guy from Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo. He looks like Deuce's dad. Do you remember that quality Criterion film, Deuce Bigelow? I do not. You're not a Deuce Bigelow guy? I've never His name him. is George Booza. Oh, he looks like Orson Welles. Yes, he does. And he was in X-Men. He was a trucker. But uh, let me see. Is this the guy from Deuce Bigelow? He, he actually kind of does look like uh, Mr. Arcaden. He does look like Mr. Arcaden. He does. I'm pretty sure this is Deuce's dad. I'm not quite there yet. I'm still rolling. Mm. Well, he's There's back. A lot of voice work. He's been. He's back as as uh, Doctor Hank McCoy for X Men '97. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Ah, God, he's still available. I mean, that's pretty cool. I'm. I, I think it's neat that they're doing that. Don't you? Do you um, think that's neat? I think people uh, misremember the quality of that show. Uh, I don't know. I own it on DVD. Oh, and he was a regular on the Red Green show. Okay, so George Booza is not the dad from Deuce Bigelow. But I know that the viewers out there, <clears throat> yes, the viewers, I know that the viewers are probably pretty curious at who the dad is. Richard Rail, Rael, that's Bob Bigelow. Oh, and look at that, RJ. What? Uh, George was born in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, home of um, Double A Lang. Mm-hmm. Mm, interesting. Interesting. The guy I th I was thinking of is an Office Space. Tom Smikowski. Okay. Is Deuce Bigelow's dad? Bob okay. Bigelow. Okay. Um. So what are you gonna watch first, the '90s X Men or Deuce Bigelow? Once oh, jeez. <laughs> ah, man, I'm not sure. Well, one one isn't out yet, so I I, I think the choice has been made for me. You did? Or you think? Well, I can't watch X-Men 97. Why not? It doesn't exist. Uh, why not? They have, to, they have to draw it, RJ. Said who? I'm sure Said there's who? like a, an animation house in South Korea that are just working away. Why? I don't know. That's why South Korea? I don't know. That seems like I think a lot of cartoons were drawn there back in really? the 90s. Yeah, I think so. How come? Because outsourcing? Probably because it's cheaper. Like the same place we send our podcast editing? Exactly. You think? Uh, wherever uh, wherever Deke uh, products were made. 
Deke products? Don't you remember? Deke. No. What, what? kind of products did they sell? <clears throat> Animation, you buffoon. Pay attention. You don't remember Deke? Mm-mm. Oh. The hell are you talking about? Deke Entertainment. I know doing a Deke, like a sick Deke on the uh, the hockey rink, man. Uh, or where, on the basketball where, court. Where, did, where are they actually based out of? I just always assume. Uh, they were French. And then they had a headquarters in Burbank, California. You mm. never you never watched uh, Inspector Gadget, huh? Uh, yeah, I did. But I don't remember the, this Deke studio Deke. that you're that you're speaking of i'll send i'll send you the clip mm, you're gonna send me a clip i'm gonna listen to it live on air i have no idea i'd have to actually find it <sighs> well that doesn't help me at all mm-hmm. thanks a lot for ruining another episode of this podcast no no no, no. let's take a look uh the top 34 korean animation studios participating in mipcom 2021 no 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 it's one of we don't know what we don't. I don't want current ones. Yeah, I want the old ones. I want old ones. And Cinepex or Cinepix, Acom, Anavision, CNK International, Digital Emation, uh, mm. Dongwu Animation, Don Yang Animation, DR Movie, G and G Entertainment, Grimsame, mm. Hanho Hung Up, Hyunwan Entertainment, Icon oh, yeah, Icon X Entertainment, Plus yeah. One Animation, Rough Draft Studios. Yeah, totally. Samgi. Samgi Animation? Samgi. Yeah, Sam-G. it's one of my favorites. Do Studio Mirror. You know both Yeah, they're pretty good. They're, I, they're not great, but San Wu Entertainment. Sam Wu? Uh, guess what their notable pro- uh, production work was on? Family Guy. Uh that, as nah. well as uh, working on Chippendale Rescue Rangers, Darkwing Duck, Rocco's Ooh. Modern Life, Invader Zim. See, Ooh. you thought I was crazy. Um, actually, those yeah. are all pretty. Oh, wow, actually, yeah, they're. Oh, good lord, they've worked on the Dumb and Dumber cartoon. Ooh, that's a big one, hey? Uh, Johnny Bravo, RJ, on two episodes. <laughs> I'm not sure. It says twelve. And then comma thirty three episodes, not not mm. sure how that would work, but you're a pretty big Johnny Bravo men, aren't you? Oh yeah, they worked on tons of the Disney stuff. Uh, which Disney though? Like uh, Hercules, Walt, or um, Pete? Oh, which which Pete Disney? Yeah, no, which Walt or Pete Disney? Who, I I don't know Pete. Tell me more. You're what? not familiar with Pete Disney? Uh, yeah, tell me more. He did like I, I um... thought he only had a daughter. No, well, no, well, he was around the same time as Walt. He's there was no relation. It's just he you know, had a rival animation. Are, are, are you thinking of Pete, the fictional character? The, no, no, the, Pete the, Disney. The, the nemesis. Yeah, if you look it up, Pete in parentheses Disney comes up. It's Pete, uh, Mickey Mouse's arch nemesis. Um, no, I'm not talking about the character. Commonly talking... known as Peg Leg Pete. Peg Leg Pete. That's Peg. probably not who I'm talking about. I well, it could be Peg Leg Pete Disney. Um, well, Pete Disney made the animated show Sanjay and Craig. He was pretty big on that one. Uh, he also made uh, Caillou, uh, Pete Disney, and he was around the same time. It's just it took a while for them to catch on. Nice. Uh, what else did uh, did Pete Disney was he involved in? Um, sticking around probably uh ah real monsters that could have been a pete um 
And I don't want to, like, jump to conclusions, but I'm pretty sure he invented The Simpsons. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I'm pretty surprised you didn't know that. I mean, I, I'm not, I don't trade in alternate facts, RJ. Uh, I'm not offering any. Hmm. I'm giving you nothing but cold, no. hard truth. Wow. The, the, the truth that the media won't give you. Well, I mean, come to me for all of the real truths mm-hmm. in the world. That's right. Right, Jer? You want to hear some real truths from the mailbag? Depends. Is there any females? There is not. Okay. Only he men. I will still allow it. I will, I will allow you it. sure? I guess. Okay. Guess. Uh, first up, Keegan Day. Like, uh, like Key and Peels? Keegan Michael Key? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who that, I don't know. Again, I don't know. I, I'm not familiar with this. He, I, I only know Jordan Peel. Well, Peel was the Peel part, and then Key was Keegan Michael Key. I see. Key uh, and Peel. Oh, I, I understand. Can, can you why, catch why, up? Why, why didn't he call, why didn't they call it Keegan and Peel? Doesn't sound as nice. I, I think it's. Think. I think it sounds great. You think it sounds great? A Keegan under the influence. This email begins. Okay. I was listening to you guys talking about movie watching under the influence of drugs and alcohol, mm-hmm. and how it's overrated because it is. It mm-hmm. never enhanced any of my movie experiences, but it did remind me of this one time I was under some other kind of influences. One time, I had a pretty mm. bad fever a few years ago, and I fell asleep under my blanket and kind of overheated a little bit. When I woke mm. up, I was feeling quite lightheaded and delirious, and that's when I chose to sprawl out under the fan and watch Surf Nazis Must Die. I Ooh. vaguely remember enjoying it and the music and the grandma character killing Surf Nazis. I haven't seen it in uh, at any other time then, uh, so I don't know what it's like uh what it's really like unless it really is just a movie about cool music and grandma killing nazis i don't know question about movies you watch when you're sick i guess uh i mean i that that is surf nazis must die uh it's about grandma killing nazis and uh an amazing score yes it is great soundtrack the which i was even gifted for christmas from 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 one uh justin peterson it's an uh, incredible soundtrack, and uh, I'll go so far as to say it's great. Wow! <laughs> does that uh, does that blow your mind at all, Jarrett? I, I can't believe it. what what enthusiasm from RJ. It's great. Uh, well, I think I've mentioned before, like uh, when I was watching that movie, I like fell into a trance. Like it put me to sleep, but like not in a bad way. Like it was like a nice like it like lulled me into a like a slumber, and I was like oh, and I totally went down, um, and that was cool. So I liked that quite a bit. Um, but uh, what else was I going to say? Uh, what was he asking about movies you watch when you're sick? Yep. I don't know. There's lots of stuff to watch when you're sick. Movies you like. Movies you don't like. You know what, um, Miyazaki movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those are great. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't like a good Miyazaki movie when you're like, you know, a foot in the ground already? Mm-hmm. What what better way to go out? Have you uh, ever been a foot in the ground? Yeah, I have actually, RJ. And I watched when you had pneumonia. I, yeah, yeah, that was a bad one. Co- hey, collapsed lung pneumonia. It's good. 
Yeah. The best kind. Uh, I watched Best Picture Winners, The Good Ones, Mm. the the comfort food movies I watched, Tarantino rewatch. Yeah. Godzilla. I was watching Godzilla's. That was decent. I didn't mind that. And... Well, so when I think of sick, and I guess for under the influence, RJ, I don't know if you would count Tylenol threes uh, uh, as that as that's being medicated, but it also can have uh, an effect. Yeah. Well, that was when I watched Twin Peaks about halfway through oh, the yeah. series, and uh, staying up really late at night, uh, taking my T threes from my wisdom teeth that had been ripped out of my face. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if that had much of an impact. I, I, I really just, uh, love that show in any case, but you loved that show. I love that twin peaks. Yes. I mean, it is a good show. I think more than anything, it was maybe just fever dream for you. Cause like T3s, like they have codeine in them and stuff, but mostly those are just anti-inflammatories, right? And it shouldn't mess up your head at all, no. but the fever, Oh baby, the fever. The fever dreams. Do you know about the fever? Well, I guess yeah. Eventually, to the when the pain fades, mm-hmm. and you're taking those, they can feel pretty good. I think that's why people wind up with problems, RJ. Uh, actually, that is exactly why people end up with problems. In- indeed, because I know a lot of um people who get hooked on opioids. Yep. And things of that nature, uh, one of the biggest problems is uh, they get prescribed it, you know, for like if they have a major surgery or they prolapse or something and they get uh, prescribed like some major opioids. Prolapse? Yeah. You ever been there? I have not. I've uh, I've dodged that particular bullet. As of yet. You should, don't so say not. Far. I have not. Not yet. <laughs> encountered said thing. Yeah. Which I think is an important distinction that you need to make. I really do. At this you, time. At this time. At, at, at broadcast time. I have not at this time had the had the pleasure, is what some people might say. If you what, what about a Puppet Master, RJ? Oh, man, that one was horrible. That was the worst. <laughs> what, what about when you had shingles, RJ? Oh, God. Well, I mean... Well, when I shingle, uh, when haven't you well, had shingles? When I haven't, well, I mean, I have it forever now. It's inside. The, well, it's inside. All, it, well, it is inside all of us. The potential. If you've had chickenpox, like, like prolapse, like prolapsing, the potential is, is there. always there, my friend. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, if you've had chickenpox, you 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 might get shingles. It's the same thing. Herpes zooster is what that bad boy is called. Um, what uh, what was I gonna say? Actually, so when I when I had shingles, Jarrett Jarrett did a nice thing, one of uh, one of those tender things, and uh, he brought me lots of movies to watch, which was pretty cool, um, and they were all good except for like one or two of them. Do you know which ones, Jarrett? I, I don't recall. Well, I believe one of them was Gummo, and I believe one of them was Happiness. I think that predates that. Happiness for sure was part of the sick uh, pack because okay. you you gave me a mix of like man movies like um mm-hmm. like lots of uh what's his face not Bron- not Bronson Lee Marvin movies you gave me quite a bit of uh and then uh, some other manly movies mm-hmm. um that's a, actually that's a really good one too like if you're really sick you should watch like Commando <laughs> there you Do, go I think I think movie like movies like that are uh, the prime ticket for when you're when you're feeling a little bit under the weather. So Commando's a good one, um, for sure. And uh, I don't know, anything like that. 
Yeah. You know, it's another good one is hangover movies. I know you don't uh, partake very often, but that's uh, another realm of these things that exist where it's like, if you're really hungover, you should also watch Commando. It's another great time to watch Commando. I think what I'm saying, Jarrett. Watch Commando. Is watch Commando. Do you agree? Uh, I would probably commit to binge watching some binge com- watching some comedy when you're hungover or just yeah. when you're sick hungover yeah yeah adam sandler films always good uh I, I, but i mean like a tv show oh. as, as opposed to a movie you might as well buckle in comedy shows while hungover okay. and uh what are your preferred ones anything i haven't seen before oh nothing that you've uh yeah. you don't want to start something you've already done right okay yeah okay that would be ideal. Or, or it would have to be a big rewatch or something, maybe. A big rewatch or something? Yeah, it would, it would launch into a project in itself. Okay. Well, when are you going to watch a new TV? Did you ever finish uh, Babylon 5? No. <laughs> God <laughs> so, damn it, Jared. Still, still on the last season. You should, uh, that's what you should, I mean, I've told you before, but you should just crank that out. But just do it in but, like a night or something. It's not loggable. Yeah, but you've already you've already put down like I know ninety five percent of it, haven't hey, you? Remember, I I left uh, Deep Space Nine unfinished for like eight years. Eight. I mean, I know, but you sh- don't do that either, man. I'll do as I please. I know you'll do as you please, but do as I please. Mm. You want to hear from Christopher Cheney? Uh is that um... Juan Cheney? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just long. Yeah, descendant. Yeah. What's well, up? I mean, let's let's read this. Criterion Crepes. Ooh. Crepes. It's been a couple of years since I've checked in. Hopefully you recall me. Well, Christopher, I looked, and it's actually been almost exactly three years. Three years exactly? Yeah, exactly. Holy it was like it was like January cow. 14th, 2018. <laughs> so or 2019. Whatever it was, I looked it up. It was three years though. I'm like, oh, look at that, almost to the week. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a long time. I thought he died. Ah, uh, well, I mean, if you follow him on Letterbox, like I do, RJ, you would know that's not true, unless it's his yeah, ghost. But any bot can log on to Letterboxd and continue to like log movies. That's yeah, that's unlikely though. Jared, any bot can log on to Letterboxd and continue to watch movies. Let's talk displays Uh-oh. particularly for old video games and possibly movies on vhs jared rj do you mm-hmm. roll with a crt when you play some super nintendo mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sega n64 etc or do you plug it all into a new led tv i have several crts but they're all getting fairly worn out i'm considering shelling out the 200 dollars for a proper upscaler and getting rid of them but playing SNES on a flat panel still wouldn't feel right, I think. So, interesting point, and are, you're aware of this. I'm, I'm this a, I know thing, all right? about it. And I know many a retro gamer that have had to make this uh, call, and it's yep. one of those things that's regrettable because this, the, a good CRTs, the real kind, uh, they're becoming far and fewer between yes. and getting hoarded by the retro gaming community. Yes, and uh, so there is there is a genuine difference. Those games yeah. do yeah. like legitimately for, look yeah, better, fr- and the frames are there's an issue yeah. with like response time with controllers with what you're seeing and with the mm-hmm. games being fed through. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So there's a, that's a, it's a real thing. It's not made up. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, I was going to say friend of the show, Ryan Nagel, he actually, uh, he has one of those and I can't remember. Excuse me. I, <laughs> a CRT <laughs> of TV. <laughs> yeah, no, he has one. I was going to say, I can't remember where he got it. I think he has a friend who, um, worked for like the Oilers or something. And, uh, they had like, a, like, like 30 of them, like, sure. cause they used to use them in like the footage room to like rewind like footage or something <laughs> yeah. like that see, hey you see this guy here this is wayne gretzky you ever hear of him he's one of the best players ever oh uh, <laughs> could you tell me more about sports jared more about wayne gretzky <laughs> i'm assuming in the oilers locker room it would get brought up a little bit and so, uh, yeah i think it yeah. did and they go hey you know, remember 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 when we last won stanley cup hey you remember this, this wayne it's gonna, gretzky it's gonna be this year Oh, it's hey, a Gretzky. Oil and gas is up, going back up, RJ. Barrel, barrels are up. Almost, it's going to be a hundred dollars soon. And is then, it? What else? <laughs> what else? I don't know, but it's going to be like the good old days. <laughs> oh sure, is the oil still um less expensive? A, a drum of oil is it still less expensive than a bucket of chicken? Uh, it's more. It's more now. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's like eighty six or something bucks. I think U.S. a barrel, which is quite a bit. From back when it was like negative dollars. Well, that's what I mean. For a while, you could get a bucket of chicken, uh, or a bucket of chicken cost more money. So that's why yeah. I had to double check. But anyways, he got hey, one through there. What can you tell me about Ryan Smith, RJ? What about who's Ryan? Oh, the hockey player. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not part of the Oil Boys. I don't. I don't know the guys that well. What about Mark Messier? Mark Messier? Well, he can't. He can't just eat one. Can't eat mm-hmm. just one. Do you remember Mark Messier's commercials? No. You don't remember where he was the Lay's potato chips guy for a long time, but you can't eat just one. And then I, everyone went. I feel like there was is lots that of true. I feel like there was a lot of those guys. He was he was like the original one though. I OG. I felt. He was like he was like a bitch can't eat just one. And then and then when he was in commercials, other famous hockey players would come in to be part of the commercials. We had Mario Lemieux. Wow. We had Pepe Le Pew. We had um, Japan 4. Yeah, they were all there. Wow. wow. Andy Moog. Is he named Andy after Moog? the synthesizer? Well, who else? Sure. Wow. Who else? That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I just, friend of the show, Ryan Nagel, he does have one of those. And uh, I uh, we played some games on it once, and it looked great. And I said, that's pretty cool. I said, that's pretty cool. I do not have one, uh, but I wish I did. Yeah. And so I, I was just bringing it up and to say that uh, I know someone who has one, and uh, yeah, it um it looks good. Well, maybe the next time it's your birthday, you'll get one. The next time? Yeah. Might be a while. Might be a while. Might be a while, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll look into it. We'll look into it. So there you go. Uh, also, RJ and maybe yeah. Jarrett, do you have any favorite Game Boy games? Not GBA. We're talking the original Gray Brick. Uh, I got one for you, Jer. You ever heard of Alfred Chicken? I have not. Alfred Chicken is a uh, it's a pretty quality video game. It was a Game Boy game. I didn't have a ton of Game Boy games. Like I, I had Alfred Chicken. I had I think Batman Returns, uh, which was really hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had Tetris, obviously, and then I just had all the Pokemon stuff. I was just a Pokemon kid. <sighs> mostly so i never had a game boy but lawrence did lawrence uh olivier yeah lawrence yeah. olivier did so whenever when i'd ever go over to his place for his birthday 
Yeah. Um, there'd be a little bit of like downtime uh, mm-hmm. where uh, I don't even know why. It's like, it seems like maybe like bath time for him. <laughs> I'd be bath like, time? Yeah. So I'd be like, all right, well, I'm, I'm, I'll also hang out over here and play some Game Boy. Yeah, a little Game Boy, a little Game Boy. And what did you play on Lawrence's Game Boy? Uh, if you don't mind there, me asking. I think there was a, I think it was a, he'll correct me. There was a, a Bugs Bunny game, something Mansion or. Oh, I think I had that one too. I had a Bugs oh, game and then I had a, a Crazy Tiny Castle. Game. Crazy Castle. Crazy Castle, yeah, that's I think cool. I think that's so. Cool. I think that was a Game Boy game. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. That's probably the one I'm most fond of. Fond? Yes. Like Tender? fondling do you ever get tender with it i have not had not recently yeah it's been a while okay well you know one day you might get there yeah and um, i wish well, you the best yeah and and uh yeah enough enough of talk about florence olivia in bath time oh i mean sure i guess if you want to if you want to stop talking about it any other game boy games uh i have them all in my closet, I could go and look at what else I have. Uh, Wario Land, that was always a that, that game ruled. Mm-hmm. Um, what about Metroid 2? No, I don't have that one. I know uh, Ryan does. Uh, I've looked for it for a while, and like you can get it now, but I think people were charging like 30 bucks, 30 something like that right now. And I was like, nah, seems, I don't want to pay that. That seems cheap now. Cheap? Um, I'll tell you exactly what it was. Hold yeah. on. Yeah, I feel, Metroid. Yeah, I feel like, and I'll look I, up Game Boy. I, I feel like that's probably going to go for more than thirty bucks now. Well, I mean, mm. well, maybe cart only, but uh, obviously, if, with a box, it'd be quite a bit more than thirty dollars. Okay, I'll tell you exactly what it but, is. But... Uh, loose. Okay, so it's it has <laughs> it has went up a bit. Loose price is now at fifty six dollars. Canadian or U.S.? Uh, I believe Canadian. Okay. Yeah, yeah and I, then uh, so you yeah. should have bought it when it was thirty. I should have, you, I you, guess. But you were a poor boy. Okay, so the the original spike happened of April 2021, where it went from loose. It was twenty two dollars in February 2021, and then in April 2021, it went up to thirty three dollars, and it's continued to climb since then. Maybe at the time that they actually, you know, exactly what it was is when they announced Metroid Dread. That's when the spike went up. Yeah. So. So you really fucked up on that one, Jarrett. You should have bought it for us. Fuck. Next Dude, next birthday. Next birthday. Could you just like think of think of me sometime? You know what I mean? Looking forward to you two making fun of the French once more. Ha ha wee wee. I've never made fun of the French. Come on. Come on. You know that. What a baseless accusation, Chris. Yeah. Get, get, get out of your lawn. We'll hear from you again in three years. Yeah. Do you think he'll come back, this guy? Not now. No? Not after this? Not after this. We didn't do anything, like, egregious. Dylan Fru. Dylan Fru? With a email titled, Luck of I can do the same chicken. About. I think that's... That Excuse like, me. Is that keyboard ease? Could you um? Could you repeat I what you just said to me? Oh, I couldn't okay. possibly. It'd be very okay. disrespectful to the keyboarders. Okay, sure. Howdy, boys. How goes the venture into unbridled madness? Just this unbridled. week, I learned that Ryan Gosling made a gothic indie pop album back in two thousand nine. And if you're Dead into Man's that Bones? stuff, 
it's honestly really good uh i gotta interject for a second i don't know about this i know about ryan gosling's band dead man bones Mm -hmm. uh dead man's bones and that's him another dude and then like the texas uh like children's philharmonic or like orchestra or something like that like sure whatever the big fancy one is um and yeah that album is awesome it's all about like every song's about like werewolves and vampires it's that i mean it's it's good i mean i I don't know what a what a weird thing would be if if you guys were talking about two different ryan gosling projects (laughs) well he described it a little bit uh weird well i mean not weird but like the way i always called it was ryan gosling's horror album because gothic every... gothic indie pop album I, doesn't i guess i guess yeah so dead man's bones it's awesome jared throw it on uh any time of the year for some good uh spooky sounds he doesn't even sound like a weird robot man who awkwardly stares into the camera who did that ryan like in his acting yeah, you ever seen drive rj uh, yeah, you should watch that movie with him and Steve Carell where he plays like a, a sex guy. Do you know about that one? No. Because he, I think he's uh, he's not stilted in that one. Uh, Crazy Stupid Love. He's pr- he's pretty like, you know, cool. Anyhow, don't have too much to add. Good luck talking about a movie that probably has rape in it, Dylan. Uh, I mean, the implication is definitely there. Um. Yeah, we, we'll 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 talk about it. I think this this one actually, because you can tell nobody uh, nobody wanted to do this one with us. So clearly, what do you mean? I thought this was the one that was the most contested, and we had to turn off. <laughs> we had to decide. It, oh, it, it, I, that's why we turned off the Patreon was because there were like too many people want la bet huma. Yeah, and we decided we're we're going to turn it off. No more. That's what I figured. Okay, you're, I, I I missed that memo. Well, I, I mean, yeah, but you've been missing a lot lately. It's like, it's like, are you, it's like you're barely here, you know? He's barely here. But you know who is here? Who? Ruben Barbosa. Holy shit! See, I, I, he's been here a couple times. I know he has. <laughs> email entitled "The End" parentheses question mark. The end of what? I have to know which ending did you think was worse? The ending to Le Behumain or the ending to Mister Arcaden? Also, how many boom mic shadows did you notice in Le Behumain? I counted five, but I feel that in my boredom I missed many more. If you wanted, yeah. uh, if you would like to save your answers for after the preamble, then that's all right. That is all. What do you, What do you think, Jared? Should we save it for after? Or? Well, as I want to say, RJ, I can just say it now. I, I count. This is the third movie in a row that has ended in suicide. Well, I think they're trying to tell us something, Jer. Because I think they're saying that if anyone has actually followed along up to this point in mm-hmm. order, that is the natural ending that uh, is this Judas Priest is implied. Do what it. Do, you mean? do it. <laughs> well, I'm more of a Dio guy. Uh, okay. You know what I mean? Dio's really fun and wholesome. Dio's always just like, rainbows, butterflies. That's how Dio sings. Yeah, that sounds exactly like Ron. Ronnie James? Yeah. Ah, butterflies. That's what he does. That's what he does. Hey. Yes. Sam Loveland. No subject. Mm-hmm. Hey, creeps. A yes. couple of notes from the last episode. Okay. Firstly, I can't believe I didn't mention this earlier, but my anti-vax grandpa actually had COVID last month. He, Whoa. he tested positive, went to the veterans' hospital where they gave him anti- antibodies, 
and was sent home two days later. He's totally fine. The worst thing that happened to him was his throat was just really sore. Maybe he was right all along, and you actually don't need to get the vaccine. Just kidding. Well, I'm, I'm glad he had uh, I'm, that part. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that your grandpa uh, believes in antibodies, apparently. <laughs> but not vaccines based off of uh, MRI, mRNA antibodies? Yeah. <laughs> and inflammation. Yes, that's that's good. I'm glad one way or another it got in them. One way or another. <laughs> hey, it'll get in you. You know what I mean? No. It'll get in you for a while. Yeah. If you're lucky. Hey, it's only a it was only a what, a two day hospitalization? Only. only. I uh actually there's uh someone someone that's like someone that is uh Andrew's like brother-in-law's cousin's cut co- like cousin or something was an anti-vax dude and he got hospitalized for like two weeks and then he came out and apparently he was like you know maybe I'll get the vaccine I don't know he was like maybe, maybe I maybe I need to rethink things and he was like <laughs> but he was like in ICU for like two weeks and he came out and he well, like even that, that didn't that's totally even, sway well, him that's even more serious than regular hospitalization that's like yeah he, that's this like dude the, was that's, like that's, ventilator. That's... Oh, he was like, like oh, well, not was, maybe not ventilator. He was, he was like on oxygen. ICU, like suit. He yeah, was he on was, oxygen. Yeah, he was going down bad. But uh, apparently, uh, he came out and he was like, maybe I'll rethink things. But like, I don't know if he ever did or not. Mm. Who knows? As for me, yes, Sam, I've tested negative and I'm now back in school. I was Ooh. completely asymptomatic, so I wonder if I had some sort of false positive. It's possible. Yeah. It's possible. No. Anything's. But those, uh, especially with those rapid tests, it's a real crapshoot. Sounds like that's kind of like a 50-50 thing where no. it's kind of like if you have it, it might ding and it might not. And if you don't have it, it might ding and it might not. Yeah. And then there's you that know, thing okay. where you can test positive months later. What? Yeah. Well, that's not good. Yeah. There, there's, I think, it's, isn't that uh, one of our one of our heroes from the Oilers? Isn't that Connor McDavid? Hasn't he like tested again positive, but like no symptoms? Weird things like that. I I don't know. We'd have to ask the Oil Boys. Nah, we don't know any of those though. Wow, they're, not currently. They're, they're too busy with their CRTs. Well, they're getting. They're, I mean, they got a lot of stuff to do with that. You know what I mean? That's true. Lots to do. Lots to do. Watching their NHL blooper tapes. Well, who wouldn't want one of those? What's the, what's the name of the uh, the compilation of like the greatest hits? It's probably just the greatest hits oh, compilation. I thought, I thought there was like a name, Rock'em Sock'em or something like that. Rock'em Sock'em? Yeah, there was like back. I you, don't. You remember those ads? Maybe maybe this is like no. Maybe those weren't on when you existed. I don't, I remember these as a kid. So maybe I, there was a window where they stopped making them. But there's like a yeah, Don Cherry had like a whole series of tapes for like it seemed like twenty five years. Uh, it was probably something like that. I don't. I don't remember what it was called. I remember watching stuff like that. I don't know what it was called, bro. Great. I'm looking. This is gonna bother me. Greatest hits. I can't believe you being a big sports boy. You don't even know. Well, I'm. I might be the biggest sports boy. It's like body, body checks and shit. I don't know. I just, these these were Don the Cherry's greatest hits. Rock'em sock'em. I'm Don Cherry. He said, "Come in, smell what I'm cooking." There's something here called Tough Guys Hockey Fight Tapes. Ooh, how tough do you think they are, though? Hockey's Hardest Hitters. Mm-hmm. Hockey's Big Boppers. The Big Bopper? I know about the Big Bopper. Yeah, this is, I think, a different deal. Not the one that went down with uh, Richie Valens? 
Look at this vintage. The best of hockey's hardest hitters. From what was it called? Mall starts what it's literally called. Official oh. NHL product, hockey's greatest hits. Two year warranty on my tape. Just in case I rewind it too much. Two year warranty? Yeah, on that tape. Have you ever seen like a, a warranty on a tape before? I don't think so. Yeah, I was gonna that sounds that I mean, sounds new. Maybe they're just worried about their uh the clientele, the uh the purchasers. Mm. Yeah, look at these tapes. Hockey fights. And I think it, it might also have a two-year warranty sticker on it. Why? What's wrong with I'm these? I'm so people? confused. Because you might get, like, too rowdy with these tapes. <laughs> throwing them at each other. Uh, I don't know. They're, they're, they'll get all fired up watching those hits. Do you do you ever feel aggressive, Jarrett? Like, do you ever feel the need to only act when, out wow, physically? Only, only when I watch hockey tapes. Mm, uh, mm. Those are your mirror neurons, people, which people think aren't real anymore. <laughs> what is real, RJ? Nothing. Art, go. art definitely isn't. And something, whatever you just said. Yeah. <laughs> Let exactly. me just say, Sam continues. I am not pretending to like Jerry Lewis. Uh, I think his movies are funny okay. and creative and make for incredibly pleasurable viewing experiences. Is that the word he used? He, he did, RJ. And RJ made a face, Sam. Well, it's uh, not the word I would use. Incredibly pleasurable. That's a new. That's a new. That's a new letterbox tag. Incredibly pleasurable. Yeah. I uh, I'd prefer not, yeah. but yeah, uh... <laughs> RJ. I don't know if you noticed that uh, Sam Sanchez uh, had an R- a new RJ pick he viewed this past week. I am unaware of that. I don't go on Letterbox super frequently, mm-hmm. um, but let me yeah, you'll see. Check you'll, it out. you'll check it out. You'll see, you'll know exactly what it is. Uh, it's got another hashtag too. It's good. All right, Sam Sanchez. Uh, Let me continue reading Sam here. Okay. Sam 2. I was Mm -hmm. skeptical at first as well. I saw lots of people on film Twitter and critics like Jonathan Rosenbaum and the Cahir du Cinema gang praising his work and thought there was no way he was actually good. But looks like everybody was right on that subject. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm flattered that Jared would suggest I'm starting the Jerry Lewis trend. The trend already happened, and I'm just now catching up. Uh... I mean that's questionable. That's questionable. Uh, so I'm noticing this rumpy pumpy that Sam is uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, associating me with, and you know I think I, I I see now that there's a lot of RJ picks that he has put in here, and I think a lot of this stems off of me me saying that the '90s Brendan Fraser Mummy was a Sam pick, and uh, I feel like I might have to start taking more things as Sam picks if yeah. this is the way he wants to. He he should be aware of the levels I'm willing to go to uh, to do things that I feel are right. RJ's a petty, petty man. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I only have nine Sam picks, and these include The Mummy, The Mummy Returns, and then movies that I, I actually thought were Sam picks. So uh, get ready, bud. Something <laughs> Something's coming your way. You've got a war on your hands. Sorry, son. Well, don't, uh, don't write checks that... Uh, you can't cash. You know what I mean? 
to get another perspective, I read uh-huh. Andrew Sarris's The Critic Largely Responsible for Importing the Auteur Theory into the United States, largely mm-hmm. negative appraisal of Jerry Lewis in his book on the American cinema. But I think he's wrong. <laughs> yeah. Oh. You, you tell him. You tell him, Sam. Shit. Fuck, fuck Andy Sarris. I mean, I guess, yeah. Uh, is that like Andy Sedaris? Uh, pretty much. Same Same thing almost? Yeah. Okay. Anyways, before I go, I'd like to inquire about one thing. Here mm-hmm. in Utah, the juice mm-hmm. drink Snapple used to be widely available at gas stations, grocery stores, etc. Then, for some reason, it just sort of disappeared. You could only get it at one particular grocery store, and I didn't see it for years. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, it's back. Have either of you had this experience with a particular product or food item before? I know it's sort of a strange one, but it seems like an experience many people have had. Thanks for reading, and have a good show. Sam, Slam, Love Machine, Loveland. Uh, What's well, nice to hear from our friends, like Sam. Uh, Snapple, I mean, we did. We used to have tons of Snapples, and I don't know. I Last time I bought a Snapple was probably like nine years ago, so I don't know if we still do, but... Um... I feel like frequently there are things when you, that when you uh, when you opened one, did you go Snapple? More like Crapple. No. No, Jarrett. Oh. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. Uh, I don't know about things that came back. We we frequently have things that go away, and then never come back. You know what I mean? Right. Um. So I I, I, I think it's like a chocolate bar thing right now. Yeah. I feel like we're heading toward a uh, a renaissance of chocolate bars from the past. They're they're coming. They're coming. I think there, there's a Cuban lunch. There, Man, uh, what's your opinion on those things? I've never I've never had one, but I I know uh, some love it. They're, they're, they're loving it. Okay, so I saw those like at the grocery store. They're frequently at like um. Yeah like the till like when you're checking out and i remember seeing them a bunch and i was like i was like who the fuck is buying these things and i sent a uh a pic to the gabagools i i believe and then uh this was just pre-covid and um the next time i saw ryan uh his mother-in-law actually makes cuban lunches and he is like right. he's like he's like this is nuts he's like i've never really he's like my wife's mom makes these all the time. He's like, I brought you one. And I was like, I've never, it was the first and only time I've ever had one of those Cuban munch things. And, uh, I mean the one she made was good. It was homemade. Oh. So I guess that's a little different. Is that, are you saying that? Cause Ryan might be listening. No, he's not listening to this. Okay. Uh, no, I mean, it was good, but I mean, I would never buy one of those grocery store ones. Cause it's, it's just like, I don't know. They, they look weird to me. It doesn't look like there's anything there. It's just like, some sugar and a nut do you know what i mean um i know these are coming back rj i just sent this one to you let's see here rum and butters yep how is this different from a caramel um i don't know <laughs> or is it the same it same idea but look if it's canadian candy nostalgia i like that i, I like think, that. I think these are, might even be the same uh the same people who brought this back because um mm. The companies that used to own that, like Canada, folks, has mm-hmm. its own had its own confectionery and own chocolate bars oh, that, we had, that we that we that we thought like Smarties, RJ. Yeah. The rest of the world's mm-hmm. like, what, what are you talking about, Smarties? They said you mean M and M's, and we go, no, no, because uh, I believe Cadbury bought up Nielsen's, and I don't know if you remember Nielsen's chocolate, mm-hmm. RJ, where you had like the rosebuds and the macaroons Rose and the coconut fingers. 
Hell yeah, I do yeah. remember those. Anytime, anytime, Cadbury, bring it on, bring it back. I, I did like the rosebuds and the macaroons. Those are those are pretty good. Those are uh, very good. Yeah, very good. Um, what, what did you say just before those? I can't remember now. That there was something else. There was a different candy you mentioned that I was like Smarties. Oh, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone always thinks Smarties are just M um, and M's, and they're not, Jarrett. They're not. They're not M and M's. They're not M and M's. They're 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 harder. I think. Do you know uh, what I mean by yeah, that? The, like they're they're harder. The, the, the Smarties are like more disc like, as well. They're, yeah, they're they are. Disc, they are candy coated chocolate. Harder. They are, but the, the chocolate's different too. Yeah, it is. It is. Smarties a whole different whole different beast, man. Smarties and M's, they're a whole different, whole different ballgame. Where's our, where's the Candy Creeps podcast? I mean, this could be it. Could if you tried be. hard enough. Could be. You know what I mean? That's right. Everyone, mm. everyone loves candy from all around the world. Uh, yeah. What's your favorite candy though, Jarrett? Don't say wine gums. <laughs> Don't say wine gums. I mean, wine gums are fine. Uh, I like them, but don't say wine gums. Sour wine gums. <laughs> How about sour Skittles, RJ? How about that? Sour Skittles? As candy. Like, not, yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't classify them as candy bars. Yeah, I know. Can, candy is like a sugary, like a, a sweet sugary pop. Bah. It's pop. different from chocolate, right? Yeah. Chocolate's a whole, whole something else. Whole something else. Whole something else. Sour Skittles. Yeah, they're pretty good. Damn, never would have thought. Never would have thought it. Well, mm-hmm. thanks everyone thus far. Next, though, mm-hmm. Justin Peterson. Holy shit. With an email entitled Snowbound. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, Jared and RJ, what's happening? Well, just in time for COVID test shortages here in the U.S., oh, my yeah. family has been hit with the vid, and Uh-oh. we have been in quarantine since Friday. Damn. My middle son Tanner was patient zero for our house, so he spent most of his time in his room this week, and it is starting to look like Lord of the Flies in there. He's got the pig head and the conch in there, I'm assuming. That's what he means by that. Uh, who doesn't I, I, have a conch, though? I, I don't know. That, that poor pig. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, but that's uh, it's just nature, man. Mm-hmm. It's just nature. Every good, Every good kid needs a conch, though. <laughs> that's right. You know, I know, I know you got two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in honor of being stuck in the house, we decided to have a snowbound style movie night where we watched Ooh. The Thing and Fargo. So With what chilly movies would you watch for your snowbound doubleheader? Uh, two that come to my mind off the top of my head. The Shining is a kind yeah. of a go-to. And I was thinking uh, the other Fargo is A Simple Plan. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, and that one's pretty good. That one's very good, I would say. Very good. Um, shit, snow movies, huh? Snow movies. Snow movies. Snow buddies? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, snow buddies is a pretty good one. Jack Frost is a good snow movie. You know where they're... No, snow Dad is better than No Dad. You remember that one, oh, Jared? Oh, RJ, what about Misery? I mean, Misery is a, a pretty good snow movie, it's for good. sure. Misery is a good snow movie. How about The Hateful Eight? Mm, I would have picked a lot of other ones before I went to that one. <laughs> I would have to, I I actually do need to rewatch that movie because I've only seen it once. Same with me. I've only seen it once. I uh, I went to the theater alone. 
and watch that bad boy. <laughs> what a loser. Yeah, I know. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, I know you're a big Krampusman. Krampusman. Would you consider? I uh, see. I don't know about this one. Eternal mm. Sunshine. Come on, that is not. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, that doesn't really fit in there. Um, Ice Age, Jared. That's a pretty good snow that, movie. I guess my, my uh, one of the things that goes along with a snow movie is also uh, like the subheader of the evil that men do. Uh, I mean, yeah, not an ice age though. Not an ice age. Well, there's we haven't gotten to man yet, so we haven't been able to get to that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I I do agree with you. That does make sense. But I'm gonna go with Ice Age. What is this list? Fellowship of the Ring. That's not a fucking snow movie. Because they're in the mountain in the snow for like three minutes. Get out of here. Get out of here. It's a load of shit. It's gotta be all snow all the time. Ice Age style. Like Commando. Remember Commando, Jarrett? <laughs> I remember. What about 30 Days of Night? I know that uh, that's a big snow movie. Oh, yeah. it's, it's really I mean, I'm not saying arc- it's a great movie. It's very, uh, just... very arctic It's a snow movie. Uh, what about Nanook of the North, Jarrett? No. <laughs> I don't see that on any lists. No. Colonialists. That's what those lists are. That'd be a good... Uh, oh, no, I shouldn't say that for about Colonial lists about colonialism. Wow. Someone's going to steal that. It's going to get like a million I, likes. I, I feel like someone's already done it. Uh, no, I, I, I'm pretty original, Jarrett. I, I do have uh, somewhere a list that I don't think I've ever made public because I don't think it's finished, is my don't be co- uh, colonizing. Because it's, it's about when things go bad. For I the mean, colonizers, and it's like, nah, don't, don't do that. Don't, see, but don't be doing don't, that. If you don't, if you don't post it, make it live before this episode goes out. Someone will steal it. Um, Sam Sanchez will steal it. Uh, yeah, he's a son of a bitch. A thief. He's stealing things left and right. So you better uh, either edit wow, it out uh, or, he's not, or make you know, it live. It's more. Uh, he's. incorrectly tagging things one might say but i mean i have no reason to question uh that what he's saying is rj picks and rumpy Mm. pumpy i mean i don't think i've ever used that word in my life ever i know an individual who does use that word frequently but uh not me not now goat movie question of the week and justin picked a, a very uh like an albino goat uh, emoticon. Ooh. Very good. It's very snow-based. Mm-hmm. I see. I finally saw that Identity movie from 2003. Oh. And boy, was that hilarious. <laughs> just, yeah, I remember that show. Just as the director intended. <laughs> so, what are your favorite Sean Cusack movies? Gross Point Blank is just okay, so that would not be my pick. <laughs> he uh, I like he, Gross Point Blank. I like that he's giving us the one that's not his pick. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. That's, Interesting. That's, that's not good. That's not good. Maybe uh, Justin's not a Cusack man. Why? I mean, it doesn't seem like it. I know your favorite Cusack movie is definitely Cell, right? You love Cell. Stephen King one. Oh. Cell. 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 I'm looking it over. Uh, he's pretty great in being John Malkovich. Yes, he is. Yeah. And, high, and, 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 high, and high fidelity. I mean, 
Yeah, he's pretty good in that. As as Rob, what a slam dunk. What about him in the hit movie two time two weeks in a row that we've brought it up? Mm -hmm. Con Air. Con Air. I mean, Con Air. Next week's question. It's got to be John Malkovich. Malkovich, Malkovich. Malkovich. Well, I mean, that also will be Con Air. Air. So I think what these questions have kind of come all, all the way around to is, what's your favorite Con Air film? Mine's mm-hmm. Con Air. Oh wow! Mine's, yeah, mine too. Well, what, a, what, what, a, what a wild thing! What a wild uh, thing! This is the Con Air podcast. Yes, it is. What about the Bag Man? This looks like a good film. <laughs> Said the director's mom. <laughs> it, it seems like a good film. I don't watch a lot of movies, but this one sure seems good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Bag Man. I'll go with that. The Bag Man. The Bag Man. I, I've never heard of this movie. A crim. Oh, the tagline: "The cat's in the bag." Yeah, uh, I got him. In a synopsis, a criminal waits in a seedy motel for his boss after killing several men to steal a bag. Hmm. De Niro's in this movie. Man, remember remember pushing tin. Yeah, I do remember Push. I remember always seeing it. Like, yeah, uh, that's the problem. It was I, I, at I grocery stores. At, at grocery stores and yeah. at the video rental, and I like there were so many of it. It was the so only movie many. that was ever there. And I was like, I don't want to rent fucking Pushing Tin. I was like, I'm like nine years old. Get away uh, from me. Maybe we should start the Pushing Tin podcast. I mean, you and uh, you and but um, RJ. Someone it's got, else. It's could. got Kate Blanchett in it. I know, and it's also got your bo- uh, your boy Billy Bob, who is also in Con Air. Well, and they might have met, they may have met uh, Angelina yeah. Jolie and Billy Bob Thornton on this very film. And they're all in Con Air, all of them. No, that's not true. Billy Bob, Angelina Jolie, uh, who else is in there? Kurt hey, Fuller, that dude's in Con you, Air. Well, you know who directed Pushing Tin? What? Mike Newell, director of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Whoa! And Donnie Brasco and Whoa. Four Weddings and a Funeral, starring everyone's favorite Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant. Man, you really glossed over Mona Lisa's smile. What's your problem with that? Oh dear! It's definitely that dude's most famous I, I, movie. I haven't even gotten to that yet. It's Mona Lisa's smile. How, how am I supposed to skip Prince of Persia, starring featuring, Jake Gyllenhaal? Featuring who? RJ's gesturing toward himself, but we know you're the guy from the Onion article, RJ. Well, you're the guy from the Onion. Well, he's, he's kind of like if we were a hybrid. <laughs> I mean, that, sort of, that's like very this, true. this. This is like a Brundlefly type of situation. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Actually, in the Gobble Ghouls, and since you've seen the Suicide Squad, uh, uh, Sugarhead is watching the uh, Peacemaker show, and it's got that guy from the Suicide Squad, that kind of big techie guy. And I think I mentioned to you, he looks like. What is going on? Shocking. What 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 is happening? Shockingly, like you. Skype. I don't know. Skype. It just went like before you said me. It just cut out. Said I'm assuming you were going to say me. From what? So yeah, that guy looks at some guy. That dude from Suicide Squad and in Peacemaker looks just like you. Which guy? You know the guy. The the guy who's like worth Amanda Waller on the computer. He's like oh. super tall. He's got glasses. His hair's he looks exactly like you. He looks exactly exactly like me. Like you. Okay, I'll find it. I'll All find right. it. This I'll send it to you on Twitter. But this dude looks exactly like you. <laughs> okay. Well, in the way that exactly. uh, the way that well, I thought I looked like Bruce Valanche, and so in that sense, sure, like Bruce Valanche. Yeah. 
I mean, you look more like Bruce Valanche than anyone I've ever met. But the, this guy also. <laughs> which look, look, I meet guys. I, look, I, 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 I meet guys that look like Bruce Valanche all the time. Yeah, when you go to the bathroom and look in the mirror. Right. Every 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 day. Every day. Man, I got you. I got you huge. So Justin yeah, continues. Guy. Yeah. So will you be watching this Don't Look Up movie that so many people feel is talking down to them as super intelligent moviegoers? And no. what are your thoughts as a whole on this Adam McKay dude? Uh, I'm not going to watch that movie. Because I saw a lot of people say that it was not good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when I see the words uh, skewering satire, I uh, <laughs> I, I go, oh. You say my kind of show. My kind of show. A lot of people are watching um, it. It's it's gonna be up for those Oscars. I I uh, I'm aware. I'm aware. And Adam McKay, like I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that dude, but he did. Step brothers. He did bring us. And Succession, I believe, is like I, surprisingly, I think him and Will Ferrell are the uh, the executive producers of Succession, which is surprising. Anchorman, yes, Anchorman. The other guys is actually pretty good. Step Brothers, he also did. I don't, I don't really. Uh, I've never seen Vice. I was never interested, and uh, The Big Short, I was never interested. In. I know people are like, "Oh, The Big Short's great." I never cared at all. <laughs> And like I, there, I, there were people I knew that was like the Big Short's one of the greatest movies ever made, and I was like, no, it's not. I already know it's not. Yeah. So get the fuck out of here. So I'm not gonna watch the Big Short out of spite. Yeah. But uh, you know. Yeah, it seems. Uh, I'm just looking over. I see uh, Justin gave it a big five stars. The Big Short. Yeah. Oh no! Don't look up. And then a lot, a lot of people, a lot of other folks are giving it that one star treatment. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, I, I don't mind the idea, but like the I didn't look for it, but a lot of people were watching it, and the number one cr- criticism people were like, they're like, this is dumb. They're like, this is just oh, ooh, or, ooh you know. 143 minute runtime. Ugh. Ooh, ooh. No, <laughs> thank you. Damn, damn. No, thank you. <laughs> you know. Yeah, we'll talk about the movies uh, I watched, but that that seemed to be like a one of the things I appreciated was like you know hour forty. It's like very pleasant. Mm-hmm. This this is like, mm. hey, may I take you for another forty minutes? No, may I give you some Leo? I mean, getting close to two hours is even pushing it for me. Like if you're at like one twenty, it's like mm, it's pushing it, but okay. Anything over one twenty, even if it was like one twenty two, I'd be like no. So if you're going to go over two hours, I don't give a fuck. I think that new Spider-Man is like four hours long or something like that. Yeah. Sure. I think I think it's super long. I don't know. I haven't watched it. Neither of you. I'll watch it. I'll watch that one when it comes on Disney Plus, but I'm not going to watch any of these other ones. I don't care about Eternals. I don't care about Shang, uh, Shang-Chi. I noticed you. Oh. Did you did you send me something on Twitter? Yeah, I sent you a picture of that guy from Peace, uh, from Suicide Squad and Peacemaker who looks just like you. Why did you send me the playlist? Oh, no, uh, it's the quoted. Uh, click on that, and then it's the quoted tweet. I thought I was sending you the the original one. Someone, maybe it was a quoted tweet. You, 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 you need to learn how to use the, the Twitter better, I think. No. <laughs> foodie, I'm on desktop. It's f- different. Foodie question of the week. 
Last yeah. week was a fun treat to hear you guys blindly talk about a Charleston restaurant. It was like one of those stand-up comedy shows where the comic will ask people where they are from and roast them about it. I definitely have never put that much thought into she-crab soup before. So here is yeah. the thing about the croissants. They are ridiculously oh. good, and they give you one with your salad. But if someone at the table does not get a salad, they will be craving some of that croissant goodness. So you Ooh. have to get the appetizer to ensure everyone gets covered. So... How about Red Lobster tonight? <laughs> Looks like no zip is needed. Uh, to, yeah. So Justin says, to drink, I will just get unsweet tea since I am trying to cut back again. Lobster <laughs> and Lagostino pizza. Sounds like an interesting appetizer. <laughs> so it sounds like a, I haven't even seen a picture of it. That sounds like a meal. Yeah, that sounds wild i like I to be say. fancy and crack crab legs so i would go with the ultimate feast with a side of clam strips since i love those things then mm. we have to finish off with the brownie overboard no question Ooh. uh apparently we, he didn't give us the link to the red lobster but i think we can just look up red lobster i mean you can look it up we we yeah. do we do have one uh within not in our city with, within but... uh a, a half a day's travel yeah, there's a, if you want to drive two hours, you can definitely hit Red Lobster. Right. I already know what I'd get. It'd be like the ultimate feast or something like that. That's, that's think, yeah, that's, 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 what, that's, what, that's what he was on about, too. The ultimate feast with the copyright on it. Like, Ooh. No question. So there you go. Yeah, definitely <laughs> that one. <laughs> I just imagine you two eating at a Red Lobster. And you each order the ultimate feast each <laughs> well jared it comes with tender maritime lobster tail snow crab legs signature handcrafted garlic shrimp walt's favorite shrimp who the hell is walt the hell and what did they mean handcrafted garlic shrimp like is someone does this shrimp come out of the ocean uh usually jared what's what? going on here with this uh thing? let's see here what do we got here bacon wrapped sea scallops <laughs> Oh, yeah. Fresh out of the sea, wrapped in bacon. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Sweet chili shrimp. Do, 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 do. You could get the Canadian snow crab Look legs. At, oh, how, RJ, what do you think about these mozzarella cheese sticks? Ooh, is that in, where is that? Is appetizers? It, uh, star, yeah, they're starters, I guess. Let me see here. Just Ooh. to like just to like to open up your, your, your stomach a little bit. Oh, I love mozza sticks. I, I, I eat the fuck out of mozza no, sticks. I, I oh, yeah. I got a box in the deep freeze right now. You want me to go throw I, some on? Yeah, I don't see the pizza thing that Justin mentioned. So maybe uh, that's an American. That must thing, be an, I think. Uh, yeah, for, for for America. I don't know. Uh, we have the lobster artichoke and seafood dip. Sounds okay. Seafood gonna... stuffed mushrooms. Ooh, I'd get the matzo sticks, but I'm not gonna lie to you. If it wasn't that, I'd probably get the jumbo shrimp cocktail. Ooh. I know that's pretty uh, plain, but. Uh, Sounds good. Sounds real good. Wagyu bacon cheeseburger. Uh, why would you want Wagyu in a in a burger? <laughs> I don't Wouldn't you want to enjoy that as uh, like a steak? I'm, it's more reading it out loud. Uh, how about oh, okay. sesame soy salmon bowl? No. <laughs> I think you got to go to the hot platters thing, and you got to look at this bowl of crunchy popcorn shrimp platter because the bowl looks pretty upsetting. Like, it's not something I would order based on oh, the picture. Under hot platters? Yeah. Look at the crunchy popcorn shrimp platter. Does that look like a... I like popcorn shrimp, I guess, but yeah. this platter doesn't look very good. Is that just me? Yeah, it, it lacks something. There's no. I guess you could just 
shoving your ways i guess they're popcorn so the tail there's yeah. no tail yeah and there's this, this strange <laughs> this though thing of just the new england clam chowder serve six <laughs> who's who's ordering a bowl of clam chowder for six like for the table yeah i guess You're so. just getting it for the table well, there's spoons and little bowls beside it i guess that's the idea along with the lobster bisque would you order one for the table no no one eats soup this way no, nobody it's, eats soup it's, that it's, way. This is not the Virgin Spring where everybody comes into like the big bowl and they're yeah. all they're all scooping it out and just slopping it in, and then Ugh. And then throwing up or smashing it across. I can't remember which one it is. It was it was very confusing. And then smashing a child against the wall, I, like oh, that. Like that's what, that's what happens part. at Red Lobster, though. I think. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then there's the cold platters, which is where desserts are. Oh, whole whole dessert. You can get a the, no. you can get the entire oh they don't tell you but you can just order one just like yeah wrap it up get the whole wrap, thing wrap it up I'm gonna eat it at home I've got a <laughs> I've got a marathon at home to catch up with these are pretty basic desserts vanilla bean cheesecake chocolate cake brownie there's the brownie ice cream. there's the brownie overboard and then uh, warm apple crostata crostata I'm not ordering that vanilla bean that cheesecake. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah these are uh, pretty plain. Pretty plain. plain I, I can imagine a lot of people. If you put down one of those, one of those, uh, like ultimate feasts, I don't think you're getting a ton of dessert. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Go to the beer and wine list. Are you getting a red wine, a white wine, an imported beer, or a domestic beer, Jared? Ooh, let's take a look. What, what kind of? There's no options. It's just it's just broad <sighs> categories, apparently. Available for pick up only. Weird. I see. Uh, pop- they got yeah. a bottle here of Pele Family Vineyard Select. It is a Cabernet Merlot. Oh, a, Cabernet, oh, wow. a Cabernet Merlot. That oh, wow. I didn't realize was a thing. Sounds great. Yeah. You, you like Sound, your, sounds great. You, you, you a big Merlot fan, RJ? No. How about Sauvignon? Sauvignon Blanc? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I could take it or leave it. No. How, how, how do you feel about tannins? Um, I think I'm allergic to tannins. Okay. Or I was once. Potentially. Uh, hey, did you see at the top of this website, there's Fresh Catch News? So Red Lobster is giving news on their website now. Fresh Catch News, delicious deals, fresh news, and insider invites are coming your way. Sign up to receive free appetizer or dessert. Special savings, surprise birthday offer to you, special occasion reminders, and news about Red Lobster. What kind of news do you think they have, Jarrett? Well, I mean, I only want to know how many roast beef sandwiches I can get for 25 bucks. Um, Probably not as many as you'd want. Yeah. But their story, everything we do is a celebration of seafood. From how we source our fresh and shellfish, or our fish and shellfish, to serving up new ways for you to enjoy it. Since 1968, we've been committed to bringing you a seafood experience you won't find anywhere else. That's how we see food <laughs> differently. <laughs> trademark. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You could also look up their sourcing story, their heritage, and Red Lobster in the community. Oh, what do you think, Red? Lobster's doing for the community, Jared. I don't know. Giving shrimp to the disadvantaged. Well, there's a link, but when you click it, it just refreshes the page. 
No, it just it becomes <laughs> it becomes a loop. It doesn't it doesn't go to a new page. It how, just refreshes the page. How sardonic! But the other the other links actually go somewhere. Like it's got 1968, 1970 business booms. 1974 shrimp becomes snack worthy. That was a big one. 1983, Oh Canada, first Canada restaurant opens in Ontario. Pretty good. <sighs> Biscuit Mania, 1992. Who could forget that? I, I sure didn't. 2008, get fired up. <laughs> wood fire grills. Uh, you want to hear 20, about game, you want to hear about game talk? 2015, a taste innovation for your loyal customers. It's happening. Um, okay. So uh, this this uh, it is playoff time once again. For what? So let's hear your predictions for who will make it to the big game. For which oh, one? Super NFL. I I, 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 I know. I but I'm like, which one? Okay. I don't know. Which one? Here well, is Jared the, doesn't know. Here is the bracket, JD. Uh, there's a, uh-huh. a, a, a list. And for him, he's got Bills over the Chiefs. Tit- I agree. Titans over the Bengals. I agree. LA over the Bucks. Uh, Yeah. I'm glad you you sound very unconfident. That one I don't know. Niners over packs. Fuck uh, yeah. a rog. Oh, that's Aaron uh, A Rod. You know what I mean? Aaron Rodgers. He was the guy who said he was vaccinated and wasn't, and gave oh, a bunch of people that, COVID. That guy. Yeah, and then when people went after him, he was like, "Well, it's my choice." And it's like, "Yeah, sure, but you told everyone you were vaccinated," and and like he he like faked his vaccine like vaccine. Like, like uh, stuff. Like, what's the the Serbian tennis player this past couple uh, weeks? That ah uh, yeah, I, jo- Djokovic or whatever. Do, do, yeah, something. Do, Dojovic. <laughs> yeah, that guy's a dink. All, all Australian Oliver Granger sent him packing. Oh sure, he did. He got out. He got one foot off the plane and then went crikey, you gotta get out of here. <laughs> you unvaccinated. You unvaccinated, mate. You gotta get right out of here. Eh? Mm-hmm. I'm Oliver Granger. Bills over yeah. Titans? Uh, yeah, I would take the Bills. No. Well, I don't know. Bills-Titans would be good. L.A. over Niners? Mm-hmm. And finally, Bills over L.A. to win Super Bowl. Woo! Woo! I mean, I think it'd be cool if Buffalo won. I don't know if they will. Typically, but... I don't pick teams that have not won it all before, but I think the Bills are due. Yours in creeping, Big Russia Boy, Justin Peterson. Have a great show. Russia. Russia. So you agree you, you a Bills guy? Sure. Uh a friend of mine, Kevin. He's a he's a Bills man. He's he's due to because yeah. since uh, uh Detroit's not an option here, I guess they did not make it. They did not. Poor, sadly. What are they Lions? Is that right? Detroit? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I know something. And the Buffalo Bills. I know you like the Buffalo I, Bobs even more, but... I do. But the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I mean, that's all, that all sounds fine. Good? Yeah. I mean, sounds fine to me. To you. That's what you're asking. Where's um, where's, where's Tom Brady? He's on uh, the Bucks, Tampa Bay Bucks. Ah, uh, okay. Buc- the Buccaneers. I see. Yeah, is uh, do you guys do you do you not have a lot of Buccaneer stuff in uh, in your store now, or is it still uh, New England Patriots stuff? Well, lots of Pats. Mm, still, hey. For now. For now. For now. Mm-hmm. For I don't now. know. The, the Buccaneers has always been my favorite team. Who you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you're a big pirate boy. You love 
You love pirates, right? I, lo- I love pirates. I also, but I also like raiders because they're also a form of pirate. Yeah, of, of like no good nicks. They didn't make it this year, so maybe next year, I guess. Okay, maybe. Didn't they used yeah. to also be LA? Uh, are they Oak- they're Oakland. Yeah, they're no. Uh, the Raiders are in Vegas now. Oh, okay. They were they they were the Oakland Raiders, but Vegas is getting a team for every every sport. And uh, yeah, they moved there last year, makes two sense. years ago. That makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Good market. Yep. Good strong market. Good strong market. The, Just in the, time for COVID. The, the fajitas. The, they love it. The fajitas. The fajitas. Who doesn't like a fajita? No. Finally, yeah. one more yeah. email. That's oh, it. Oh shit. I don't even know how long we've been doing this for. for Two hours. Forever. Yeah. Technical issues, my friends. Technically. Sam Sanchez. Holy he's, he's here. shit. You know he's going to tune in just to listen to this email. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's going to hear all the shit we've been talking about him this whole time. Well, kind of. Hello, G-Man and Arge. Mm. I don't have much time today, but it's been a week or two since I've written in. So I kind of have to look at he's like this is like three paragraphs. Oh shit. Baseball oh. is still in lockout and now beginning to look like games might actually be missed. Both the players union yeah. and the MLB didn't actually meet to try to come to an agreement until about a week ago after 40 plus days of doing nothing. So that's a wonderful yeah. sign there. Spring training typically starts in mid-February to gear up for the season, late March, early April. At the pace it's going right now, seems like wishful thinking that a full 162 games will be played this year. Well, at least we'll Mm. keep getting those Mike Trout drawings if this continues, which the user has now joined Instagram, has gained some fame on ESPN, and uh, his Instagram account is actually followed by Mike Trout, which is pretty funny considering the interesting Mm -hmm. direction the drawings have gone. You know about this, RJ? You hear about this? I've heard. I've heard. I've been following along loosely. 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 So I've seen a little bit. Last week, Jarrett mentioned the declining physical quality on Criterion releases, and I have Mm. to echo it. I recently got four of their 4K releases, including Citizen Kane. While it's great to have Citizen Kane in 4K, their digipacks are just nowhere near the mm. quality of Arrow sets. The limited edition sets from Indicator, the sweet Category 3 releases from 88 Films, which I only just heard about recently, and uh, I'm color me intrigued. Uh, or mm. Second Sight's limited editions. Also, their flimsy box sets are some of the worst around and pretty embarrassing, and same goes for their fold-out pamphlets instead of a booklet in the majority of their releases. The main plus Mm. they have in their favor is they don't play the limited edition game. That is true. As long as their release doesn't go out of print, you get the same thing whether you jump in early or not. Still pretty sad that they likely wouldn't be in my top five labels that I pay attention to anymore. Um... Yeah, sorry, I mean, sorry, state of things. Yeah, but I mean, it's all made up, right? <laughs> it's. When was the last time you bought a Criterion RJ? Years. Yeah. <laughs> Potentially. Yeah, you know, it's been a while. The yeah. the, the other the other day, I saw uh, the movie, Johnny Toe movie Throwdown was on Amazon.ca for like thirty eight Canadian, which is a fine price to pay for Johnny uh, Toe. For Johnny Toe. I never would have believed it if, but, I, could, uh, if I didn't but, see it. But so. this movie just came out. It's already on the Criterion channel. So well, uh, I, well, I can just watch it 
on the channel. Why would I buy the movie? I don't know. I sure wouldn't. What's going on here? Um, Con- conflict. And yeah, I, uh, I'll i throw yeah. money down into like all these other companies before uh, Criterion. Criterion. Now, this is the one thing, though, is because Criterion stuff isn't limited editions, there's no urgency in really buying them unless you start hearing some whispers that they're, they're pulling the plug on a production on it. And then suddenly everybody needs it, and then the price will go up. But a lot of this other stuff, I mean, there's like Arrow box sets that come out, and they're sold out instantly, like the Gamera set they did. I had no mm. idea. I figured I'll get around to it, just like every other Arrow that takes forever to come out. Um, and then it's available for years, and they do 50% off sales. That one was just gone. I had no clue that that was going to be a thing. I don't know if that was a COVID-related problem with production or something mm. like that, but... Or everyone made the same mistake that I did, which is like, I'm not going to pre-order this crap because it's 50% mm-hmm. off in like a month. And then they were yeah. just gone. And I got to pay top dollar and I don't get the Dark Horse reproduction of the comic inside. Some bullshit. I mean, it sounds like it was a big mistake on your end. It was. A big, yeah. big mistake. Don't do that again, dude. And, don't do it uh, again. But yeah, I am. I'm, 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 I'm here with Sam. Solidarity. Criterion, they're... Uh, they're just kind of languishing. I mean, yeah, but I'm, I mean, it's not a, it'd be no surprise to people. We, we kind of hope that they do kind of collapse so that it's just done. <laughs> so there's an end point. So that there's an end point. Yeah. So yeah. Shh, nobody shh, buys criterions. Don't say just that. let it end. People don't need to know that. Just collapse. Collapse. Go away. Just be done. No, no more. Just be done with it. Be done mm-hmm. with it. Next, I believe last week, Sam number one mentioned dealing Ooh. with the vid. And recently, my family has been hit. My wife Uh-oh. tested positive, but has since recovered after a few days of not feeling well and no longer has it. But just this morning, my oldest son has caught it and feeling great. Oh. I managed, I somehow managed to escape it so far this time around, but I've had to work remotely off and on for the last three weeks now because it's been going around at work as well. I'm sure RJ is to blame for starting it all. Probably. Probably. But I don't feel, I mean, I mean, well, I mean, I was going to say I don't feel bad for him, but I I guess we're talking about kids. So it's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't feel bad for Sam. Yeah. But for the kids, you yeah. know, but hey, at least I'll have more time to play Switch, you know. Oh, dear. If they're sick. Oh, no. You know what I mean? That's it and, for this uh, week, guys. Yeah. Let's uh-huh. get in our Royal Rumble picks now. It's coming up, fellas. Ooh. Do we even have they got the final list yet? I mean, they usually save that up till the bitter end. Royal yeah. Rumble. What about the well? What about the mystery guests? Well, that's the thing, RJ. We never know. It's 29th, so that's like next week. Have you got your uh, your picks yet? Who me? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ray Mysterio, I'd say, is going to take it all. He well. What about his son Dominic? No, nobody cares about Dom Mysterio. It's about Ray. Ray, Ray, Ray Mysterio. Ray Ray. Could uh? Do you think Bam Bam Bigelow could potentially <laughs> make a return? That, that would definitely be a surprise. Dude, what if it was like, um, what if it was Bam Bam Bigelow? What would you do? Ah, uh, uh, I I would tune in. Because I'd be like looking for other explanations. <laughs> this man's been dead for. Like, at least 10 years 
When did, well, Bam, Bam, when did Bammers die? It was I, I actually I saw it on Twitter Bam. like a year ago. Uh, two thousand seven. Yeah. Fifteen years, like two two three days ago. Uh, you mean today? Or was it today? Yeah, January nineteenth. Holy RJ. shit! Bam Bam Bammers. Do you remember when he was in Boy Meets World? Remember that? Yeah. Remember when he was in Boy Meets you, World? You, you ever see him do those cartwheels? He was a big man. Well, he would go bam. And then he'd go bam again. Big ball. Yeah. Yeah, I got nothing. We got to wait till next week. You got to write in again. Mm-hmm. So we get we want the most accurate pool. We need more info. Because right now we've got, oh, look at that. Angelo Dawkins, your favorite. Montez Ford, your of other course. favorite. Love him. Yep. Austin Theory. Can't get enough of him. Ray Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. Ooh, <laughs> I just assumed mm-hmm. they'd be in there. Uh, Seamus. Ugh. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Stupid Seamus. Kevin Owens. Ugh. Uh, Damian Priest. AJ Styles, RJ. He's, uh-huh. he's still going. Big E. Former WWE champion. I don't know many of these people. You know Big E Langston. No, I don't. Yeah, you do. From New Day. Yes, it is. I don't know what that is either. You do. Uh, Happy Corbin, because it used to be Baron Corbin, but now he's Happy Corbin. Still not sure. What about Madcap Moss? I have no idea what that is. Mm. It sounds like they've gotten a a lot of really scraping the bottom here. Sami Zayn, he's still there. Coffee, 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 Kingston. Coffee, King, coffee, coffee, crisp, coffee, crisp. Yeah, coffee, crisp. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. That's it. So, uh, oh, and you know who's one of the uh, the the big celebrities that are, that's going to be wrestling in it? The Big Show. Johnny Knoxville. To support Jackass. Yep. I thought he couldn't do stuff anymore. I thought he was like almost dead. No, he's. I think he's okay. So is he going to win? I, I don't I hope not. Because then he would return at SummerSlam, right? Or WrestleMania? Correct, yeah. Okay. So maybe. Yeah. For Jackass five. Uh, return. Well, four has to come out first. Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. We were still waiting well, for that. Well, that'll come in the meantime. Uh yeah, so when I was mentioning looking up uh Google search trends, uh mm-hmm. d- WWE, the the moment when it really started to go down. Was mm-hmm. the exact two shows that you watched at Corey's? <laughs> it, was, it was literally the it was the Bray Wyatt Randy Orton House of Horrors stuff, and then mm-hmm. so that was bad. But then they they put the title on uh, Jinder Mahal, and oh, mm-hmm. it, it it sunk them so low, and then they kind of bounced back. But they've ever since then it's just been a downward trend. So what you're saying is that Jinder Mahal was was the collapse I, I of think the he, WWE. I think what happened was he signaled that maybe it's time to change who's coming up with this product, who's who's behind it all, which would be Vince. Vince McMahon needs to maybe uh, step away in his uh, who, old age. Who wouldn't want a good Calgary boy to be the champion, though? That's, Remember yeah. Bret Hart? Hey, don't hinder Jinder. Don't hinder Jinder. I've been saying that for years. For years. And what's uh, bizarre, too, is that you see this, like, downward trend, and it's pretty consistent. And it doesn't even mm. matter that when COVID was happening, interest didn't drop either. It was just mm. continued to go because they kept wrestling 
even that and it didn't mean anything it wasn't like oh they got a big uptick because they kept doing it. it's like nah they just kept going down but everything else mm. is back up but not not wwe <laughs> it just keeps yeah. keeps sinking do you think maybe that's the end maybe the word got out that it that it's not legitimate hmm. i don't know i wouldn't say that okay what would you say nothing okay i'd say nothing that's it for emails oh Baby. Well, that's nice to hear from all of our friends. All of our friends. Uh-huh. Hey, Archie, uh-huh. what you been creeping on this week? Ah, uh, do you want to hear about Millennium or... <laughs> uh, I did watch... Um, I've been playing some Phantom Pain. Not a lot. I've actually been busy this week. But uh, I did watch uh, Many Saints New Look. Oh. I don't know if you want, if you yeah, want me to you, talk you, about you, that. You go or right you... on ahead. You tell me all about the Sopranos prequel. I I, okay, so, I I see that you uh, tagged CGI fire. Yeah, there's some <clears throat> there's some CGI fire in this bad boy. Um, do you know anything about this? Like, I know I know it's a prequel. Yeah, so it's a prequel with with um, James Gandolfini's kid as yeah, Tony. He's pretty. That's actually pretty minimal. Like, um, this is actually really about uh, Dickie Maltasante, so Christopher's dad. That's what this is really about, and uh, Christopher is the uh the narrator in this and he's coming to you from the grave jared <laughs> so i don't think that's a spoiler because that happens in the fr- the opening of this is a shot of a cemetery and it passes over christopher's like head like tombstone or headstone and it's like it's like i'm gonna tell you a story about before before this happened before i was <laughs> dead before i got whacked uh he doesn't say he doesn't say like that but he's like before all of this happened and then it zooms in on his tombstone and it's like christopher Sunday, and then so christopher's a narrator and it's all about his dad it's like sunset his, boulevard kind of kind of uh so it's about his dad and then uh it's his dad and then tony's dad played by john bernthal who's in this for like a second like i don't even know why he was in this at all he's in it for like two seconds and then uh, Uncle Junior is in this as well, played by um, Corey Stoll for another for a second as well. Uh, and then uh, Chris uh, Dicky Maltasante's dad is played by your friend Ray Liotta, Jared, Mister Ray guy. Liotta, your bud. So this is all about um, Ray Liotta brings over some Italian broad, and uh, Dicky Maltasante is just like, ooh, she looks Italian, she looks nice. Uh, so you got them, and then you actually have a uh, you have the teenage versions of uh, Polly and Silvio and uh, Big Puss. They're all there. They're all the teenage version versions of these guys. Um, you get Tony's mom. She's there. You get young Janice. Uh, and it's it's just about Dickie going around trying to do stuff and not getting along with his dad. And then on the side, there's also like. Um, I don't know, if, like I don't know what the connection was. I don't remember it in the show itself, but it's kind of like the rise of like the like uh, black um, freedom, Mar- not marches, but like uh, do you know what I mean? Whatever happening in late sixties, yeah, like freedom marches or so, I think. Okay, like equality, rights, freedom stuff. You know what I mean? And like when you watch it, you're just like, oh yeah, that happened like two years ago. So it's like, and in the nineties also. So it's like almost every thirty years. Uh, this seems to happen because nothing changes and then kind of goes away for a while and then comes back. That's how it seems. Um, so you get that as kind of like a side story. 
Uh, but it's really just about this guy, uh, Dickie, and him for about two hours. And he talks to Tony sometimes, but there's not really much there. Uh, and then Ray Liotta goes away for a bit, but then... <laughs> okay, can I tell you a spoiler about this show? <laughs> Go right ahead. So Ray Liotta, like, the character, he, like, dies because he's super old. Not, not Ray Liotta. Not Ray Liotta, but, but he is super old also, also. And then in the next scene, this Dickie Montesante is in prison, and he, you get introduced to Ray Liotta's identical twin brother who's in prison. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear we were watching this like so andrea watch with watch this with me because she watched all the sopranos with me and uh they introduce him and she's like whoa 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 she's like what the fuck is this she's like why did they make him a twin it was like could they, could they have not have found anyone else or is like could they have because that guy actually the guy in prison probably has a bigger role than the guy not in prison so i was like why not just make that guy ray Liotta and make the other guy no one so it's very bizarre it was just like why is he here and then the way this movie kind of plays out, uh, Andrea had this idea, and I don't think it's wrong. She was kind of like, she was like, I think this guy's just like a, a manifestation of the character. Like, he feels guilt for his dad dying, so he's just like made up a twin brother that's in prison. And that might be looking into it a little bit much, yeah. but this movie is also, my uh, review is Olive Garden Presents the Dead Zone, because there's like, because it starts off with Christopher talking from the grave. You get characters die, and then, Jared, like, I don't want to say it to you. I don't want to tell you what the last shot of this movie is. But it's like there is like a break, a breach in like the like the the ephemeral plane of like living and dead. It like comes through the screen, basically. And you're just like, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> they reaching out from beyond the grave to pull you into the screen. <laughs> kind of and then <laughs> i'm not gonna say what it is but then and then like as soon as this happens you're watching and you're like um you're like i realize this is a metaphor for something but what is going on it happens and then do 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 the sopranos music kicks in and you're like uh <laughs> you're like uh, uh what's going on here man, I, I feel like you're selling me on this um, it's okay. Like well, it's should it, I, there's should, a lot of really should, goofy shit. Should I watch this to kick off a rewatch of Sopranos? Because seems like it leads right in. I I wouldn't because it might put you off of a rewatch. <laughs> exactly, it might save me a lot I, of time. I I but rewatching Sopranos would be good because that show is awesome. But uh, like there is there's Got some good stuff in this. Gun. Yeah. There, there's some good stuff like it looks good like all of the like production stuff like the look of the 60s Josie, uh it, that looks all good and there's stuff like that that's cool but all the um all this weird stuff you're like you're watching and you're just kind of like what are they going for you're like what is the point of this so it's bizarre it's bizarre this is uh i i mean i don't think it's any secret nobody i, I don't think anyone loved this fucking thing so i don't know man it's um, it's weird. There's some good stuff, but there's some weird stuff. So, anyways, that's all I'm gonna say about that. Very well. Yeah. So I don't know. Did you watch any movies or no? I watched a couple. I watched a couple. The question more, RJ, is what didn't I watch? Mm-hmm. So you took Blue Monday pretty personally and. Decided to watch some movies, eh? Was that what Monday was? Yeah, it was Blue Monday. Saddest Monday of the, of the year. Oh, damn. I think, right? Well, I felt pretty good. 
all things considered. Oh. And what did you do with your time? Well, I mean, on Monday, I watched four, four films. But I also watched like four the day before that and only three yesterday. Mm-hmm. It was a real movie palooza. And um, what does you just felt like watching shows or? Yeah, I felt like watching some shows. It was okay. kind of prompted by uh, there's a one Letterboxd user, Howling Man. I'm not sure if uh, Howling Man is a listener of the show or not. Doubtful. I had seen that. Uh, they had logged, I can't remember what movie it was off the top of my head, but they were like big fans, big fans of it. And I was like, well, if you like that type of feeling in your movie, you should check out this list I had made of movies mm-hmm. that are very similar. Kind of like this Twilight Zone, Sam Fuller, black and white, 60s sort of uh, feeling. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, this is great. And he made some recommendations and a couple other mm-hmm. people got in on these recommendations. And this kind of prompted me to be like, maybe I should get some of these out of the way. And there was one I had never even heard of before called The Strangler. How's that different from um, other movies? Well, let me tell you the tagline for this film and synopsis. Mm -hmm. Based on the terror that has shocked the nation. Which Which terror? I don't know. uh, Hitchcock's Psycho? Like, that's what it sure... Uh, that's the terror? That's the well that it's going down. But, uh, okay. yeah. I, so, anyway, this is, I guess, like the Boston Strangler, but absolutely not in any way, shape, or form. Oh, but the synopsis, an overweight lab technician with low self-esteem brought on by his dominant mother becomes a serial killer of female nurses. Um. Okay. Uh, so the star of this film is Victor uh, uh, Bono Silva, um, who is a, uh, a a fairly corpulent man who died in 1982. Uh, some of his highlights, including he's he's a he's a man mountain. Okay. Uh, whatever happened to Baby Jane? Hush, mm-hmm. hush, sweet Charlotte. Which kind of one could say maybe are even the same movie. He was in Beneath sure. the Planet of the Apes, Ooh. the greatest story ever told. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. What Man, else? This this is this is the only movie probably where he's the lead. Hmm. I, I, oh, that's not true. That looks like him right on the poster of this Italian movie, The Mad Butcher. Oh, that sounds cool. Oh, you want to hear the tagline for this one? Wait till you learn what mixture of meats go into those incredible sausages. <laughs> oh, what do you think? It's like the, half pork, the, half the, beef. The, uh, the Italian title is Lo Strangolatore de Vienne. Lo Strangolatore de Vienne? After being released from a mental hospital, Otto returns to his old job as a butcher. He tries to adjust to his new life, but after a bitter argument with his wife, he accidentally mm-hmm. kills her. Fearing he will be sent back to the hospital, he grinds up her body and sells it as sausages. As friends and relatives start asking questions about her disappearance, they too start ending up in the butcher's display case. Classic. Uh, Doesn't seem to be getting too much uh, high praise. Apparently it's a a German film. Mm. Italian, German, German, Italian. Do you, uh, I don't know about you, but like when I was younger, I was like really afraid of getting fed people by, uh, 
Really? Like, because like, there was all those, like, urban legends. It was like, yeah, these guys went to a barbecue. Next next thing you know, at a neighbor's house, next thing you know, neighbor got caught. He was feeding them people. And then I was always like, oh, shit, is that true? I think that was on uh, Freaky Stories that uh, yeah. that show at the bug. And I was just like, can that really happen? Can they get you like that? They could. Yeah, I mean, I mean don't, that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, what's the solution? Don't eat meat. Uh, yeah. Then you can't get tricked. <laughs> Unless they're feeding you uh, uh, vegan food and they're, you know, they're really Which being they tricked. Be. They're, they're really tricking you saying, man, it's like, this is the best uh, vegan patty I've ever had. And you go, oh, yeah, vegan. Well, I mean, Oliver Granger was vegan and look at him now. Cannibal. Well, I mean, you see a picture of that guy and you're going to say, no, thank you. No, thank you. Not for me. Not for you. Not for me, my friend. Right. Anyways, continue. So, The Strangler. So, this is a a black and white film. And this guy is a lab technician for a Mm -hmm. hospital. But he's got that domineering mother you heard all so much about. And he takes it out on the ladies. He he sneaks in, breaks into their house with rubber gloves, and he strangles them with pantyhose. How come? I don't know. He's he's got problems. He's got mental... He's got problems. He's He's working them out. He's got issues? Yeah. And he thinks that after he uh, orchestrates the death of his mother by shocking her into having a heart attack, that he's like, I'm three. Now I can marry a pretty girl. And this is the one I'm going to marry. I have money. And you know how there's a word for that, RJ. I think you're a you're a you're a fan of. What do you mean? I'm a fan of yeah. which word? Uh, I believe there's a tag for it: incel. Oh, see, I was unfamiliar because I, uh, I mean, I don't really, I've never really said that I know what incels are. No, only you, that you, I, I only I, that you're familiar with incel fanfic somehow. Well, I just I I think I know I think I know the type. Hmm. That's what I mean. But yes, this is the the you know large over babied man, but it's like he's he's been pushed over the edge, and now he's killing ladies. And when he does, he has like a drawer full of dolls that he like strips naked. And man, there's a hmm. for 1964. This is a there's a full on shot of this guy um, very clearly blowing his load. As there's a camera of just his sweaty face, and he's just like, you're like, "What's he doing?" Not a camera there. And you went, "My he was goodness, doing what, Jarrett?" Blowing his load. Okay, I thought you said that, but yeah, well, I was hoping you'd make me change it. It, 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 it was very yeah. artful. <laughs> artful is that the word you're gonna go with? Yeah, yeah, it was. Okay. Yeah, uh, compelling. Compelling? That's another word that you want to use right here? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Why not? Live a little. Okay. okay. We, I mean... You only live okay. once, RJ. Well, That's well, what they tell you. Might as well uh, get this all on audio. Then well, one day the, the kids, they'll, they'll go back and they'll listen to this podcast and they'll go, yeah, I remember I remember where I was when uh, that one guy on the show, he was talking about was watching dudes blow their loads. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I think the biggest thing is when the court of law has to replay those audio tapes. And I, I just like to, of course, say that I, I didn't entertain this at all. I'm not playing this game. Yeah. I'm not taking that bait. So uh, I, I'm. Uh, what if me using that particular uh, turn of phrase was the only thing that keeps me out of jail? Because we live in a new paradigm by then. 
And it's people like we you. Do. People like you. You got something to be afraid of. I'm not taking that bait either. Mm-hmm. I'm not buying it. Yeah. Jarrett. Uh, we'll see. Time will tell. Time will tell. I'm not, I'm not buying it. So the Strangler, RJ, is available on Tubi. Oh, you love Tubi well, now, one, 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 one See, the... remember, how, remember how reluctant you were to get on the Tubi train? Well, it's because the ads that that didn't attract yeah. me, but they're, but it's so stacked sometimes. Oh, there's all these really cool documentaries I've been able to find. No, like why doesn't anyone else run them? I don't get it. because uh, Tubi's got the market cornered, man. <laughs> it's the Tubi market. We're it's, just living in it. I guess. Is, is that <laughs> like, is, is that like the metaverse? Uh, it's like the Duncanverse. T- Tubi world, <laughs> where everyone's driving around doing rumpy pumpy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Wow. Watching Tubi on their mm-hmm. Apple watches. But listening to Alex Cameron CDs. Uh, is that the CD you bought for your car? One of them. What's the other one? I bought three. Tell me what they are. You never mentioned before. Um, uh, what else? How many Blink-182 CDs did you get? Zero. I bought zero. Okay. Mm-hmm. How many Outcast CDs did you get? Also zero. Okay. So you got an Alex Jones CD, and what uh, were the Al- other two? Alex Jones, <laughs> my favorite, my <laughs> favorite crooner. <laughs> yeah, so you got one of those, and then talking, what about, were the other? talking about goblins. <laughs> he might. You don't. You don't know. You've never heard that mix. The goblin mix. Yeah. Look, look An it. Alex Jones goblin mix. Yeah, look it up. You think I'm no. making it up? I'm not going to. He thinks I'm making it up. Well, what were the other two CDs? Um, you know, Future Islands? Yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, they have an album, Singles. Okay. That's pretty good. Okay. And RJ. Yeah, I know them. I, I got uh, RJ Baylog's The Highlights. Is that just me? Uh, is that like butts? 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 Exactly. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry, we were talking about CDs or something before I uh, yeah. derailed you there. What, were you, what you got did you such mean? Your, your hits like Save Your Tears and yeah. Blinding Lights uh-huh. in Your Eyes. Don't forget uh, Prolapse Moon. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's an all-time favorite. It is. All-time. Prolapse Moon. Prolapse Moon. Wow. That's what you're doing, driving around. Listening to Prolapse Moon? Are you looking up Alex Jones Goblins? No. I'm not going to do that now. I'm listening to you talk about movies. Are you, though? Are, is anyone yeah. is anyone listening to me talk about movies right now? It doesn't sound like it. I mean, I was until you started talking about Alex Jones inexplicably. <laughs> inexplicably. Well, you said it. I thought you said it. I did not. I'll look it up later. I'll you, look it up but later. You, you can also look up Alex Cameron, Forced Witness. I could. I'm not going to. Should. No. It's good stuff. I I choose not to. <laughs> you choose not. Uh, have you ever heard of the Bloody Brood? Uh, I think so. I can't remember the context to it though. Well, this movie stars Peter Falk as mm-hmm. a nihilist. <laughs> he is mm-hmm. a he's a beatnik nihilist, but it's it kind of turns into no budget rope. Oh, is that good or bad? Ah, it's just, it's also it's kind nice. of a bucket of blood with 1959 real low budget artists who are, um, who've seen through it all, man. There's nothing left more but ultimate expression, which is killing. And so they're, they're like, it, it, so the art becomes killing a guy. 
is that um do they acknowledge whether the art is real or not well the, or they would say it's not real do they also do they, they mention think they, they would say it's all a scam other than if when you ground up glass and feed it to somebody that's real is, man i mean that might be but is there any mention of who the real monsters are is it the glass it's probably uh the peter falk character do you think Peter Falk was the real monster? I, he was a pretty bad guy. Was he? The beat. I think the the beatniks. Peter Falk. Yeah. Am I thinking of someone else? Peter Falk from like Columbo. Yeah. Was he a bad dude in real life? <laughs> in the bloody brood, he is. Oh, okay. I they were talking about real life for a second. I was like, was he a bad dude in real life, or was he just like a weird dude with like a lazy eye? Yeah. In John Cassavetes movies. Yeah. Yeah, you like to have spaghetti with the boys. Who ha- who do- who doesn't? Who doesn't? Who yeah. doesn't love Anyways. that? I watched an alien movie, Wavelength. What? This was on YouTube. Um, not Tubi. Not Tubi. Just on okay. just on regular old YouTube. This movie really felt like a shot on location with men walking around in military outfits, being part of the army, doing experiments on uh, little kids that are aliens. Mm-hmm. But the cameraman is like right in the middle of this hallway and just kind of panning back and forth with a uh, kind of a fisheye lens as people talk back and forth and be very mm-hmm. um, authoritative. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there's a young couple in love who one of them can hear the the psychic alien children crying out for help, and then they show up and they bust them out, and then they're walking around with three naked kids. Why were they naked? Well, you never you never actually see them fully naked. You, they're always shot kind of uh, Mr. Arcaden style from like the ground up, and so they they can kind of frame out the fact that they're wearing clothes uh, on their bottom halves. But they are walking around shirtless with bald caps and makeup. Being... Why was that a plot point? What's that? Shoot, that shooting that the, the kids sh- were naked. I don't know. They're just like little. Like, naked. Why was that included well, in this movie? Is what I'm asking. Because they're, they're they're aliens. They're naked little aliens. Oh, I, well, I thought you said kids. Yeah, they're, like, they, but they're but the actors are kids. Oh, okay. No. I see. Yeah, I see. They're just little little bony little. I miss. Kids. I missed that. Part. I see. Uh-huh. I thought all I heard was yeah, there's naked kids, and I went why? <laughs> but I see now aliens. Okay, aliens. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes and, sense. Yeah, it could, you. Yeah, it could get it could get weird though, because there's these lines where it's like, "Well, they're older than we are." Uh, I feel like that's like due to justify like <laughs> anime things. characters that are like look like nah, like ten year olds, but it's like, well, they're actually five hundred. They're five hundred years old. Uh, maybe they can yeah. show me a thing or two. <laughs> here's go. my here's my body pillow. Ugh. That's a real thing, and that's sad. <laughs> and that's sad. Okay. So what did, what did the aliens do next? Uh, it kind of turns into, you know, fourth tier, close encounters of the third kind action. There's, yeah. an, there's an orb at the end, a big orb in the middle of the desert. Kind of orb. I don't know. It's a big mirror ball. <laughs> it's just out in the desert, mm. and it shoots lightning. And that's mm. what the kids were trying to get to get home. I do like orbs. There is comparisons to Akira that are made. I think it's because there's like little kids with psychic powers in a military complex. Mm. 
But, uh, yeah. Is that good though? There's a lot like, of boom mics in this movie. Um. Also, is that good? I don't know. I'm just mentioning it. I'll let you, okay. the viewer, decide. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I don't mind boom mics. Okay. Okay. What about people get grumpy about it? But okay. whatever. Okay. What about the atomic bomb? Like, like, are you talking about like she's the bomb? Or like it's a bomb, uh, the bomb. Depends how it's used. I liked how David Lynch used the bomb. Okay. Uh, are you familiar with the film Ladybug, Ladybug from 1963, directed by Frank Perry, director of The Swimmer? And some yeah, movies. of course. Uh, well, so Ladybug, Ladybug. This is just on YouTube and it had been on my watch list for a long time. Mm-hmm. And again, was prompted to watch it because it's got that black and white '60s feeling. Where everyone started running toward color because no one wanted to watch mm-hmm. black and white movies anymore. But this is like, nah, you, you can use it and utilize it properly. Not even just because you have no money, but you can have it have a, a very dramatic effect. So, Ladybug, mm. Ladybug, it is set at a elementary school out in the middle of the country, and mm-hmm. one morning the uh, air raid siren starts sounding, and That's of course scary. everyone starts going, oh. Uh, there wasn't a test plan today. And they're like, huh, it's on Y. And they're like, what does that one mean? It's like, well, that means that there's a, you know, a, a nuclear bomb or whatever. Atomic bomb will be dropped uh, in an, within the hour. And so it's like that. It's kind of like that slow realization of people not knowing what to do because it's yeah. always like, oh, it's a test. We never, never actually thought about what if it actually happened. So the first little bit is kind of the adults who are a little. Mm-hmm spooked by this uh there's the one uh secretary who's pregnant and then there's the you know the lunch lady doris who's you know a friend to all children mm-hmm. there's the the young principal who's still also a teacher because this is a small school and they have yeah. to decide what to do and they're like well i mean they're, they're trying to get through to the to some authority uh lines are busy uh try to call other schools they're busy this is this is this could be the real thing. We got to do something, so they um, send the kids home, and so mm. uh, basically the main thrust of the story is watching this one school teacher, this one woman uh, who wore high heels this day to work. Mm. She now has to walk all these like the rural kids home. Uh, two of other batches got to go home on the school bus, uh, but they had to go on foot and get dropped off one by one. So what winds up happening, mm. though, is they do discover uh, about halfway through that, oh, it was just, a, like, a short circuit, that everything's going to be okay. But this little group of kids and this teacher, they don't know that. And so it starts turning into mm. speculation. And uh, things It sounds start, pretty good. Things start mounting. It's not as great as you'd hope it would be. Oh, uh, it like, sounds good. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I... Yeah, it's no fail-safe, but... It's, it ladybug, is, ladybug. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But so it, no fail safe, but it, it yeah, kind of lets you good. down. Yeah. It's it uh, scratches that itch of uh, the war game uh, as mm. well. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Everything you said sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. All of that sounds good. Yeah. And then you start seeing kids turning on one another. <laughs> of course. Kind of like uh, Justin Peterson's kids. Yep. All by himself yep. in a in a quarantine. Well, I mean, you start to make your own friends once that's, you're. That's right. When with, you're alone long enough. Yeah, from, with the with the uh, the Wilson uh, volleyball. 
Well, that and then you know whatever whatever paper, else gets with pa- with uh, paper plates. Yeah, you put the plate up on the wall. It's got the ketchup mustard stain on it, and you go, "Hey, Pete, <laughs> this is your new mother." Kiss her like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like, come on, show her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That sounds that sounds good. Do it. Um, and then I started digging my way through some vinegar syndrome vinegar syndrome archives picks mm. they had a restock at the beginning of the year of their uh some shitama that had actually gone out of print and they had like a small number for sale still these are ones i had missed out on and i was like kind of like oh, i should just get these action movie ones i had not gotten when they were available got everything i wanted and i just decided to start watching those and uh i mean i paid a lot of money for not very good movies i will say is that is that not the case the (laughs) majority of the time maybe maybe a little bit the 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 one though uh i did not buy that i'm really glad i'm not going to because it wasn't available uh and on ebay this set is going for hundreds of dollars and it's absurd for vice academy these are Ooh. like kind of your 80 sex comedies by way of kaufman lloyd kaufman not not Ooh. not good like real real lame like uh what was that baseball one? Oh jesus slam dunk something the squeeze or something like that oh squeeze play yeah. Squeeze play like a pickle, like Sam Sanchez knows. Yeah, it's a like pickle. that, if you can imagine. Yeah. yeah, okay. So, yeah, why'd you buy those? I did not buy it. I did not. Oh, those were... The ones I did watch ones. was Savage Harbor, Savage mm. Dawn, Hellriders. Uh, mm. <laughs> I'm trying to... So, Savage Harbor's got Chris Mitchum, son of Robert Mitchum, and oh, wow. Frank Stallone, brother of Sylvester Stallone, uh, Frank Stallone of uh, Barf- Barfly fame? Correct. Wow. Yeah. Uh, wow. The highlight of this came from the interview with Frank Stallone where he mentions a movie he made with Sonny Landon, uh, who you might remember from 48 Hours and Predator fame. Of course. He made a movie himself shot in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. What? Uh, it's called, uh, was it Billy Lone Bear? Billy Lone Bear? Billy Lone Bear, where he's uh, okay. he's apparently taken on the IRA. In in Calgary? Yeah. I'm he's sure taken on the IRA I'm, in Calgary. Yes. Uh, I don't know if okay. it, I don't know if in the movie it's actually Calgary or if it's just an urban place. And it's like, oh, this is real, guys. I, this movie's completely mm. unavailable though. There's no like stream. There's no illicit copies. There's not even like VHS copies from Blockbuster with two-year warranties uh, on eBay. Like, nothing. It's just like, where is this thing? Someone's got to know out there. Does it matter though if it exists or not? It does. I want to. I want to see it now because this is Sunny Landham starring and directing. The only time he ever made a movie, and this is it. Hmm. So wait, how do you get how? Is there any copies of it available? Not that I'm aware of. But this movie exists. There's a poster mm. and everything. Frank Stallone talked about it, saying, "I'd love. I want to see a copy of this thing again." <laughs> well, what are we supposed to do? I don't know. We have to wait. We have to wait till the the mm. real heroes, maybe the Vinegar Syndrome guys. Now that they know it exists, they're they're going to acquire it. Maybe. Does Fr- Frank Stallone doesn't have a copy either? No, 
He he wanted he, that's why he brought it up. He's saying he's like talking about the shit that he's been in, but he mentioned this and he's like, "What is this?" Mm. Could be good. Uh, yeah, this is that movie is uh, a. <laughs> I don't even describe it. Oh, I think it's like about a, a, a sex ring, and these these guys stumble upon it and are going to break it up. The ending of the movie is uh, got a pretty cool shootout. Lots of squibs going off. So that's not too bad. Savage Dawn and Hellriders are pretty well indistinguishable biker mm. exploitation movies, but Savage Dawn does star Star of Millennium, the TV show. Lance Frank Henriksen. Yep. Holy shit. With dyed blonde hair. Looking real slim. You love to see it. Real slim. He's a he's a veteran too. A Vietnam. He is a vet. slim dude. Uh but it also has George Kennedy. And Richard Lynch and Karen Black, all star cast, and wow. and Karen Black and Frank Black. Yep, and 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 William Forsythe. Wow, yeah. all of them. All of them. So, yeah. what does Lance Henry, uh, Henriksen do in this one? He's a Vietnam vet who kicks some biker ass. Does he sound cool? Yeah, I mean, actually, no, he's not as cool as Frank Black. Frank Flag's pretty cool. He'll go into a crime scene and he'll go, aliens. No, he won't do that. He'll go in and he'll go, someone was raped in this room. And then mm. everyone goes, Jesus Christ. This is, you know, we're on fucking Fox, yeah? <laughs> so this is the doc one. That documentary about that show is like, oh, is like, yeah, we did some dark stuff on the show. And then it's other people is like, holy fuck, did we do some dark stuff on this? And everyone's like, yeah. Yeah. Anyways. One day we'll even find out about it. Maybe. Maybe. Um, but also on YouTube, I checked yeah. out Night Vision from 1997, starring so Fred Williamson. Fred Olin Ray? Nope. No, no, no. Oh. No. no, no, no. This is from Gil Bettman, director of Never Too Young to Die, starring uh, John Stamos, Vanity, and Gene Simons. Um, Simmons, sorry, Gene Simmons. Uh, that movie's was pretty good. Night Vision's okay for a, one of these types of bad movies, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, the synopsis: A psycho serial killer who videotapes each of his bloody conquests is on the loose, and it's up to alcoholic motorcycle cop <laughs> Dak and his new tough as nails partner Kristen to bring them to justice. But as the body count increases, so does the danger. Never have that, like that un- more untrue words good. been written <laughs> to describe this movie. The, by the end of this movie, it's like no, the danger does not increase. It's just like they're running around like suburban Texas. People are getting kidnapped in vans, and then they just like fight it out in an underpass. Oh. Like caravans, caravans, like Texas caravans. Wasn't that a? Uh... A thing of concern a while ago. <laughs> oh, from like uh, from South America's. Yeah. <laughs> is, that is, is it that kind? No, it's a van. Oh, okay. It's just a van. It's kidnap vans with a snuff okay. guy in it. We're in a black turtlenecks mm-hmm. tucked into pleated pants. Oh. With with uh, spiked hair. How pleated were the pants? And, and what? Though? And guess how the guess how the movie ends? Spoilers. Guess how it ha- guess what happens? Trip to the dead zone? No, no, no dead zone. Oh, okay. So, it's, of course, you know, Fred Williamson, he, he's tracked down the, the serial killer, 
and mm. the serial killer stops. He f- tries to fire off one more shot, but it's empty. And he goes, oh, ha, ha, and he spins it, and he like throws it aside. What are you going to do about it, copper? I'm going to be out <laughs> in six months. My lawyer. <laughs> Guess what happens then, Archie? Uh, well, I only know what would happen in a movie like a Charles Bronson film, like yeah. A Ten to Midnight. Wow. Is Fred, it the Fred, same Fred, ending? Fred, yeah, Fred Flimson's not that far off from that. It's, it's pretty similar? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, um, I can't say I'm surprised. Yeah. That's I'm not how, disappointed. But, oh, just... but yeah, so the snuff guy, too, he's got, like, these two doofuses. Like, they're kind of like Bulk and Skull, but they're both mm. just Bulk. And like Balkan Skull from uh, like Power Hope's Rangers. Hope. That too. That too. Are you? Have you been watching Power Rangers lately? No. I can't say as I have. Dude, who's your favorite one? Zordon or uh, Al- Alpha? Alpha? Yeah. Or you know, I Ivan Ooze. Trini. Well, I mean the of the B- bad guys. Billy. What was the bad guy that had the exposed brain? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, you keep know. telling me about this movie. Any, well, that's about it. That's all I got to say about Night Vision. Other than yeah, the, the 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 snuff dude. He's got these guys. Who I think they're supposed to be part of the 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 mafia, and they're the hookup so they can distribute these tapes. Hmm. Yeah. But what's the what's the end goal of that though? Make to, to profit, profit, and the guy's also profit because he's sick. He's because he's a misogynist, and he hates women. He wants to kill them, because he only kill he kills sluts, RJ. Because they're all like is that is that the word oh, they oh use? because RJ I should mention uh, they're all lapsed Catholics. And is that confirmed so, or is that just one hundred percent? That's literally said in the movie, and then mm, and so yeah. he's teaching them all a lesson, like in RJ. Okay. Well, I never I never I, like chose violence though. That we know of, a lot of people choose. Well, I mean, violence. this. I mean, this as a character, you haven't. Not well, not recently. Yeah. Uh, so the guy I was looking for was called Lord Zed, where he's got he's like he actually looks like an Attack on Titans kind of character. He's got the brain and he's like all muscular. Do you remember Lord Zed? No, I don't. I I, I won't send it to you, but I think you should look it up. So after yeah. watching all this fine artisanal cinema mm-hmm. i was like i need to watch something normal <laughs> i need to just watch like yeah. a, a regular movie to clean the cleanse the palate so i watched I the perks of being a wallflower i um i'm incredibly surprised by this was there a reason you watched this or you're just no i mean it's been like on i've it's been on my radar for a while. I remember the book okay. when it came out. I've never read the book. That's, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, the guy directed it, too. Steven Chabinsky or something like that. Chabinsky, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chabosky? Chabosky. Chabosky. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've, I I have some of his other stuff. He, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. I like yeah, him. I, I, I thought I thought you were one of those. I don't. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to be one of the perks of being a wallflower stand. I'm like, oh yeah, it's amazing. You your, but uh, your, I don't mind it. Yeah. You got your corduroy over there. I got corduroy got, somewhere. Got, got, got a felt jacket and a tie. Potentially. Maybe. Potentially, think... Did you, Do you want to grow up to be Paul Rudd? In uh, in, in, in perks of being a wallflower, RJ. 
if you don't want to be a Paul Rudd, then what are you, you doing? You In any movie. Are you, you going to be a, a savior teacher? No. You Just get, no. Get, get hugged. <laughs> get hugged by young men. Uh, when, no, when, when, I... when you give him a copy of Catcher in the Rye, and then you go, "Whoa, whoa, what's going on here? What, what are we, what are we mount ramping up to here?" That's a, it's a good question. I, I know I've seen this, but it was a long, long time ago. I'm just looking at it now. I'm seeing Tom Savini is in the said film. He is. He is the shop teacher. And what's he do there? That's a, he's a shop teacher. Ah, that's it. Is he good? Yeah, he's a good actor. I mean, that's he's, cool that Tom yeah, he's, in there. He's got a natural uh, screen presence. So, yeah, he's he's fine. Okay. It's just kind of like it's one of those things. He's like in the movie immediately, too. And I went, oh, shit, that's Tom Savini. And then there's like, mm-hmm. I mean, you have Dylan McDermott in it. And he doesn't like, he just sleepwalks through the movie. It could be literally yeah. any man. Anybody. Anyone could play it. Yeah. And that's the same with um, uh, Joan Cusack, who's also in this. Yes. Yeah. Uh, she's in this movie for like a second and you wouldn't even recognize her. It could be anyone. Mm, I'm trying to remember. That's too bad. And it's like Kate Walsh is the mother. And like, I don't know if I recognize her in anything. I've seen four movies with her. I, I don't know. One of them is Which like Will, Will Ferrell bewitched. Uh, 1408. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, she was in family, man. Maybe she could have been one of the leads in that movie. I couldn't, I wouldn't even know it. Nope, because that was Tia Leone. There you go. Yeah, I always confuse Tia Leone with lots of other actresses. I, I couldn't remember that she was actually in uh, Family Man. Now, now I'm like, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, she is in that movie. But anyways, but uh, so you know about this cast, this hot cast. I I uh, I'm aware. We got, I'm aware. We, we, like... we have Hermione. We've got Percy Jackson yeah. and the Flash. The Flash himself. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, uh, this movie is hot, hot, hot. So like I said, I've watched it, but I, uh, fuck, it's probably like eight, whenever it came out. 2012. Out? Yeah, so that's 10 years ago I, I saw this fucking thing. And what did you think, Jared? Are you, what do you think? What do you think about the movie, RJ? I remember liking it, but, uh, I don't remember a whole lot about it, to be honest. I remember, remember liking it at the time, but I think if I rewatched it now, I don't know if I'd, it could be a little teeny, like, Teen-esque. Let's do you better, know what I mean? That's uh, better than teen-esque. Teen-esque, yeah. yeah. I, remember, I, I do remember liking it. I just I don't remember a lot about it, to be honest. What's, I do like Stephen Chabotsky. What's He's the, pretty good. Um, what's the other soundtrack movie that people lose their shit over? Uh, that's like Perks-esque? Yeah, but it's not like that type of music, but it was also a big deal. It had the shins. Oh, Garden State? There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's the Zach Braff movie. That movie. Yeah, yeah see? Yeah. It didn't take you very long. You knew what I was talking well, about. Garden State came out when I was like 15 or something like that. And so you watch that. And like when you're 15, you're like, whoa. You're like, this movie is incredible. And then you watch it when you're like Man. 30 and you go, eh. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but you'll still uh, play that new slang, RJ. Well, I mean, Zach Braff has... He actually does have a really good taste in he had, music. No, he he doesn't. He just has like like the same taste in music that a lot of people do that listen to sub pop. Sure, sure. <laughs> Which is like fine. Like I don't. I I like yeah. those songs too. But I I 
This is one of the things I was noticing. The reason why I bring it up, because you said the yeah. the expression that I kept reading when I saw perks of being a wallflower. It's like even like you know professional film critics, you know, it's like oh, it's really great to see people with like really good taste in music, and they keep saying it in the movie, uh, and I'm like, yeah, it's like. But everyone likes the same thing. It's like, is this because it's sure. a good taste? Or it's like, I like this song. Like, I like this sound. And yeah. we all gravitate toward, oh, wow, I like the Smiths. <laughs> it's like, oh, boy, you're such a unique human being for liking the Smiths. Lots of people mm-hmm. like the Smiths. Fucking Morrissey, piece of shit that he is. He, he'll fill Meet up, his murder, baby. He, he will fill up. Like a, you uh-huh. know, I don't know if he does stadium shows, but he will sell tickets. He's, yes, he he's, he's not some minor league like, oh man, I don't know if you ever heard of him. He's kind of a big deal. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, it's funny you say that. Cause like, uh, I can't remember a while ago. I, I have Amazon Music. I listened to uh, the Pixies when I was working for a while. Yeah. And then I put on like Amazon will do like the thing where they make you a soundtrack based on like, what you've been listening to lately. And I put it on when Andrew and I were like cooking or something one day on the weekend. And all that was coming on was the Smiths and the Cure. And I was like, Jesus. I was like, he's trying to make me 80s depressed in here. Like, it's some 80s emo shit. And then like, I'll see like. Like, you know what? I mean, how else would you describe it? It's, 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 it's easy. Um, I'll see, like, kids in public wearing, like, the Cure shirts, and I'm like, I'm not, like, one of those guys who's like, name one of their albums. I don't give a fuck about that shit. I find it funny. You know, there used to be goths. I know. Maybe we call them 2010 goths. Yeah. Apparently, I don't know if you know this, but there's uh, 2022 goths, or goth punks, or, like, there's like artists that are doing like mix-ups with like maybe two, and they're, they're doing like new age goth emo punk or something. So they just take the doom covers. Yeah, something like that. I, I haven't heard any of this music. I just heard about this from someone and it, it made me laugh. And I was like, okay. But anyways, anyways, so, yeah, tell me about Perks. So is this a movie you like, or is this a movie you thought was dumb? It was fine. Or, or continue. I, I, I enjoyed watching it. Um, yeah. Because, like, I used to, like, you know, read books like this uh, back sure. in the, the early 2000s. Because I, mm-hmm. I, I think Perks, the book came out probably after I'd stopped reading books like this. Yeah. Let me just take a look here. When did, oh, 99. Okay. So, you know what? I just never got around to reading this is probably yeah. what it was. But... Uh, yeah, just because like nothing about it sounded that appealing on paper, and then when the movie came out, it wasn't that big a deal to me either because it's just like, well, I don't really, I don't fucking care about who, the only person I would have recognized would have been Hermione at the time. You don't know Logan Lerman? Nope. You don't know Ezra Miller? <laughs> I didn't know it at the time, but uh, oh, okay. this I think though uh, Ezra Miller is very good in this movie. As... Uh, yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's a good actor. Yes, he's I, kind I mean... of a strange dude in real life, but he is a good actor. So I don't know anything about that. I just know that uh, I think, as Scott Tobias also mentioned in his review, uh, he got out from underdoing the the Kubrick stare in uh, "We Need to Talk About Kevin." Oh. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which is very funny. Uh, yeah. yeah, like he's just like in a bunch of like movies that I don't watch at all. Like it's all it's just flash crap. Isn't sure. It? That's all he does. Well, I mean, now it is. Now it is. And then Logan yeah. Lerman. Uh, I mean, I, that dude's just in stuff here. And I there. mean, I guess if he, if he was in Fury, I don't remember if he was good or not. And Noah, my goodness. Oh, yeah. he was. So he was in Fury. He was like the kid. 
Yeah. Like everyone right. else is old and yeah. he was the kid in yes. Fury. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I, I've never seen the butterfly effect. Uh, again, I remember liking it, but that movie came out when I was like oh, 13. RJ, so. he, he was in the number 23 and, and the Patriot and what women want. That's two Mel Gibsons. I know. Logan Lerman's pretty much my favorite, my favorite person. Is what okay. I'm saying. Is that, that's clearly, um, yeah. he, he was in Shirley. The, Shirley oh yeah. Jackson the Shirley thing. Jackson one. Yeah. 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 yeah so yeah, he's in lots of stuff other than, so yeah, those, these people are just people that exist to me yeah um so there was nothing that made me go oh i gotta check that out uh i do like that anvil shows up here anvil yeah. she uh the unmovable wall anvil mm-hmm. yeah that's that's always good yeah what's her name uh may whitman or yeah. something like that, that i like that that that, that is that is her name that is in fact her name yeah. okay yeah, yes. yeah she's cool yeah and scott, cool. and scott pilgrim uh, she's Anvil and Scott Pilgrim as well, right? Uh, no, <laughs> that, that oh. was, she's a different character. But... No, come on. Yes. Uh, I, I, I just remembered. I had to look it up, but I, I, I knew what it was, but I couldn't remember the premise. She's Steven Roxy Jablotsky? Richter. Roxy Richter in yeah. uh, Scott Pilgrim. Yep. Yeah, Anvil. Uh, if you like this kind of thing, Jared, Stephen Chabotsky wrote a horror book. A couple years ago, I don't want. I don't want to read a horror book by this guy. And uh, so, I this will make you laugh. It's called Imaginary Friend. Here's the uh, here's the tagline: Christopher is seven years old. Christopher is new in town. Christopher has an imaginary friend. Oh man! I remember when this came out. I was like, oh, a horror book from Perks of Being the Wallflower guy. That sounds interesting. And then I remember a lot of reviews are like secret allegory for Catholicism and like Christianity. And I was like, uh. <laughs> What? But Emma Watson quoted, it said, it's a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And Joe Hill said, if you aren't blown away by the first 50 pages, you need to get your sense of wonder checked. Ah, so he blames you. He blames you. He says you're the problem. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, I'm very surprised you watched this. What else did you take away from uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower? Well, I'm, so I watched this last night. It's the last thing I watched. Uh the there's the, I mean, yeah, I, I've enjoyed watching the whole experience of it. It hits all the usual. It kind of reminded me of Almost Famous, mm-hmm. uh, in a lot of ways. Um, so yeah, it's about a you know kid set in 1991, young young man. He's freshman in high school and kind of falls under the the wing of these uh, step siblings who are mm-hmm. Emma Watson and Ezra Miller. Uh, they seem to get along fabulously. And mm-hmm. uh, so they just kind of, you know, they introduce him to friends because they, f- they keep finding out as time goes on the, 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 the horrible tragedies of this young man of, like, friends shooting themselves. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I guess there's, like, a, a, plot, a plot twist late in the movie, like, in the last hour and 20 minutes or so, where it's like... Oh, he's got also a blackout rage. Um, mm. It's almost like Sarge. It's like he's an incel for good. A a, a good yeah. cell. He's able to channel his 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 man rage into a good thing, which is ah. d- defending his his uh, gay best friend from a, a homophobic homophobic attack at the school. And well, uh, who doesn't? Yeah. So he. Bl- so it's like very. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking about Bruce Willis and Unbreakable. <laughs> Uh, 
Yeah. Okay. So I, I can see the. I can see why you. Made Where it's like he's got yeah, he's, he's got super strength. He just he just beats up people. He doesn't even remember it. Uh, and yeah. I know, but then, yeah. but then, of course, it also plays this thing where it's like, but now he has the, the people's respect. <laughs> You're like, ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that's yeah, what he that... sure showed them. Yeah, through he his, got him through his rage because what what? But like a M Night movie, um, yeah, it's, it's it's this rage and power apparently comes from trauma. Well. That is where it goes. I do remember. I do remember the reveal of this movie where you go, "She did what?" Yeah, and then you go, "I, I do remember that part." But yeah, I, I forgot. To I, I kind of through trauma. I almost blinked and missed it. Like I was watching the it's whole very, movie it's very quick. Well, I it's kind of like because I was watching the whole movie, but then like I don't know, my attention drifted, and then yeah. suddenly it was like, "Oh, oh shit!" He's having like a some sort of anxiety thing. Like he's having a panic attack, and uh, and then you're he's finding out. Then, but then you find out something, something, and you go, "Oh!" I have to rewind something here, and you go, "Oh, oh!" Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Every time they'll get you. They get you. <laughs> They get you every time. What, baby. what a bad time to look down. <laughs> yeah, you go, you go. Oh, what time is it? And then you look up and you see him crying out of sudden, like hitting his own head. And you go, whoa, whoa, whoa! You say what happened? What, what, what happened? You say what happened? Yeah. So, but so you know, I, I, I liked it. Okay, um, that's good. You know, very uh, some some, some sweet, sweet boy, uh, sweet boy, h- hugging his uh, Paul Rudd. Oh, uh, don't you just love Paul Rudd? Mm-hmm. That's his job. He's got to be. He's there to be a lovable lug, even in Halloween yeah. Six. I mean, you do. You do need that. You do need that. Can I? Uh, I'm. I mean, I think. Uh, I'm. I'm surprised you watched this to at all, but uh, I'm glad that you got some enjoyment out of it. Can I make a recommendation? No. I think I've mentioned this before, but I never thought it would be a Jarrett movie. But from the director of The Town That Dreaded Sundown remake. Oh, no. No, this movie's actually good. Uh, you should watch Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Mm. Uh, it's got some Fitzcarraldo in it, Jarrett. It's got some Klaus Kinski in it. So uh, And some Werner Herzog. Oh. Alfonso Gomez Rome. Yeah, me and Earl and the Dying Girl. I um, if you liked, if you got some enjoyment out of uh, Percy being Wallflower, I think I liked the Me and Earl movie more. But well, again, it's the, been a while. The lowest rating this has is three stars from the people I'm following. So it seems pretty unanimously enjoyed. It's it's a good show, man. It is. It is. It's a uh, for for movies about dying kids. It's a uh, well. I'm not. I'm not. All, I'm not all about. I'm not about dying kids, RJ. I mean, well, I mean, you the, got me wrong the Perks kid isn't isn't like dying. Yeah, but like you know, there's not a single. There's no. no there's no. Uh, no kid dying in that. What are you talking about? Well, there there was a big push at the time for like dying kid romances. Like <laughs> yeah. that Fault in Our Stars movie was about like a kid who was dying. It's all because of a walk to remember because yeah. Mandy Moore was dying. Like Romeo but, and Juliet. That's, Romeo all, that's and Juliet. all. It's all about kids dying at the end. Yeah. Spoilers. But, yeah. But in terms of kids dying movies, like this one's up front. It's right in the name. The girl is dying. So I, in terms of those movies, this one, I remember that one being uh, really good. I actually liked hey, it a good bit. RJ, um, yeah. which which author inv- uh, invented the novel? Um, I would want to say uh, Lance Henriksen. Mm-hmm. You're right. You'd be right. 
Did he do it? He did. Yeah, did Tom Savini invent the movie? He did. He also kind did. Of. Yeah, Trip to the Moon. First movie kind ever. Of. First movie ever, RJ. I don't know if you know that. George Millet? Yeah, no, yeah just ignore all the other ones. That's the first one. Yeah. Well, me and Earl, it's and fake. so the reason I recommend it, there's a lot of Criterion stuff in there, but I know you like that Fitzcarraldo. I do. I know you like that Burden of Dreams, and this has some Burden of Dreams type stuff in it. What's his, what's his, who's his, John Bernthal. I know that That's guy. Punisher, man. I know he that. Was, he was in Fury also. And, and Baby Driver. And he's uh, he's Johnny Soprano in the, oh, <laughs> he's Tony's dad oh, in uh, no. Many Saints in Newark and, for a second. And Nick Offerman. Yeah, he's in there too. I think he maybe be, he might be a shop teacher in that one. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The voice of Hugh Jackman? Yes. Yes. <laughs> The voice. It's a good one. It's a good. Do you? I think it's on. Uh, I, I just looked. It's on Disney Plus, but you don't have Disney. Anymore, I don't. Okay? Nope. Ah, uh, you can find it by other legal means. Nah. I'm sure. No. I'm sure. I that thing on DVD is probably like two dollars. <laughs> the points. Uh, DVDs don't exist anymore. The thing on Blu-ray 4K is probably like three dollars. Yeah. You know. No, that's the problem. Is that it's probably like forty-five dollars on 4K or something. Nonsensical. Well, let, me, uh, let me have a look here. <sighs> no. While well, you talk to me about news. Well, news, RJ. We got April movies from Criterion, the, the apparently the worst company in existence, according to some. It's $11. There you go. So, anyways. Let's see here. What do we got? Uh, there's movies leaving on January 31st. I, I guess that happens all the time. Sure. Uh, let's see here. Pulling it up. Coming in April. Well, I just mentioned Frank Tashlin last week when I was telling Sam, uh, Sam Loveland to watch Artists and Models. But mm-hmm. in the meantime, that's not coming to Criterion. But The Girl Can't Help It, directed by Frank Tashlin, is coming with Jane Mansfield, Edmund O'Brien. It's actually a pretty mm. nice uh, cover. Yeah. I agree. Yes. You, you know what is also coming to uh, Criterion? What's Miracle that? in Milan, directed by Vittorio De Sica. Oh. And, and, and also looks like written by Cesar Zavattini. You remember him? Remember those guys? The the the, the hope they instilled us with last week? Cesar Just... Zavattini? Yeah, I love uh, that dude. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He's incredible. <clears throat> How about Bertrand uh, Tavernier's Round Midnight? Um, yeah, it's better than Square Midnight, I can tell you that much. It's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, a film by Ari and Ch- Chuko, I Mole, and This Is My Desire. I'm just going off of the actual graphic. Sure. Uh, I.E. Moffy, <laughs> This Is My Desire by Ari Asiri and Chuko Asiri, the, the uh, mm. series. Um, yeah, this is a collection. I have no idea what this is. This is new to me. Oh, um, sounds great. This revelatory award-winning debut feature from co-directors and twin brothers, Ari and Chuko Siri, is a heart-ending, heart-rending, and hopeful portrait of everyday human endurance in Lagos, Nigeria, shot on richly textured 16-millimeter film and infused with the spirit of neorealism. Uh, wow. I.A. Uh, traces the journeys of two distantly connected strangers, 
Moffy, and an electrician dealing with the fallout of a family tragedy, and Rosa, a hairdresser supporting her pregnant teenage sister as they each pursue their dream of starting a new life in Europe while bumping up against the harsh economic realities of a world in which every interaction is a transaction. From these intimate stories emerges a vivid snapshot of life in contemporary Lagos, whose social fabric is captured in all its vibrancy and complexity. Oh, it sounds great. Sounds amazing. Sounds amazing. I can't uh, believe we haven't seen it yet. From 2020. It's brand new. Oh, it's that a, sounds great. Ex- Wait, 2020? Yeah. Why are they put new stuff in there? They do that, RJ. It's not, yeah. even, it's not even Netflix related. See, that's the surprising part. And on from 4K, I guess. Or maybe it was just Blu-ray. I think 4K, though. We've got Alex Cox's Walker starring Ed Harris. Texas Ranger? Nope. No Texas Rangers, just Walker. Okay. Um, Wait, are these are these being added to the collection, or are these just coming? Th- to the these th- these two are four Ks. These are these oh, are okay. hard copies, but the first four I mentioned are coming to the collection. Okay. still going. And yeah. uh, as, as discussed previously on the show, for all mankind, the Al Reinert documentary. Oh, that one's cool. I like that one quite a bit. Very cool. There's a hot dog in space. Hot dog. Who doesn't want to see that? You know hot dog. I mean? Hot dog. We have a wiener. Mm-hmm. All right, RJ, you got any news? Uh, I saw something today. Uh, you know Shane Carruth from... Uh, yes. Apparently he's got a little domestic abuse charge coming his way, so watch out. Oh. Watch out, Upstream Color fans. Uh-oh. They're going after your boy. He probably... I don't know. Hmm. It's probably not good. Uh, something from The Hollywood Reporter. Lena Dunham on addiction, adoption, and a reboot of Girls. Girls doesn't need to be rebooted. No. Girls didn't need as much as it was to begin with. No more. No more. No more Lena Dunham. <laughs> Until she pops up in the Criterion Collection. She is. Tiny furniture, buddy. Tiny furniture. I know. I'm aware. Yeah. I'm aware. A movie that people... And a person that people love to hate. I have. I don't care to be honest. I I saw some of girls. It was fine, but like some of the stuff she says is like, yeah, a little <laughs> she, out there. She, she does her, herself no favors. Yeah, her her personal opinions. You kind of go, oh, <laughs> yep. So, anyways, anyways, whatever. No biggie. No, ain't no thing. You want to talk about no. a Criterion movie? A what? A Criterion movie. First time hearing about it. Well, damn. Strap in, boy. Oh, okay. It's Renoir Town. Uh, after the break, keep the, keep the coals fiery, because we've got to keep this train on time. The what? Trains. It's a movie about trains. Oh. As opposed to hands. Oh.
assassiné dans le train qui m'a amené. Vous vous l'entiez, où étiez-vous pendant ce temps-là Moi, j'étais dans le couloir. Et vous n'avez vu passer personne Pourquoi n'avez-vous rien dit Parce que vous m'avez demandé. Moi oh, Vous n'ai rien demandé. Si, vous m'avez demandé. Pas avec des mots, mais avec vos yeux. En amour, hein, ce qu'il y a de meilleur, c'est quand on se connaît pas bien. Puis qu'on fait encore les manières. C'est pas moi Bien sûr, c'est embêtant de leur avoir pris cet argent, puis cette montre. Seulement, c'est ce qui nous sauvera. Parce que les gens comme nous, on sait très bien que ça ne tue pas pour le profit. Oh, si j'étais libre, si mon mari n'était pas là, est-ce que nous oublierions vite Pas tout de même pas le tout. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about La Bête Humaine from, uh, from 1938, directed uh-huh. by Jean uh-huh. Renoir. Who? Jean Renoir. Who? No tagline. How tag many is this? I don't oh. know. Too many. Too many. No tagline? No tagline. Okay. Synopsis. On board a train bound for the port city of Le Havre. France, railroad mm-hmm. station master Rubard murders Grand Morin, who seduced his beautiful young wife, Severine. Engineer mm-hmm. Jacques Lantier, stuck in Le Havre while the train is being repaired, also begins a passionate affair with Severine, who tries to entice the handsome stranger to murder her controlling husband. However, Lantier has a secret urge of his own that changes everything. Um, did it change everything? I didn't think it changed much at all. No, not really. A lot of that is... They they didn't talk about the trains as much as I thought they should. I mean, they mentioned there was a train bound for the, for the Havre. But did they mention that this, this entire movie was because John Gabin wanted to make a movie about trains? <laughs> is that what you learned from now deceased Peter Bogdanovich? No. <laughs> well, didn't your eyes light up though when you saw the only special feature on the Criterion Channel for this film was a 11-minute-long rambling of Peter Bogdanovich, may he rest in power, um, and uh, him talking about how Europe was uh, going into darkness. And this film reflected the the tone of that, the uh, mm-hmm. 1930s um, uh, poetic realism. Uh, in the mm-hmm. French uh, cinema at the time, at the time, I uh, I did, and, and that at one point he describes it as the film is a, a Renoir extraordinarily organic. Isn't it all extraordinarily organic? And I he, mean, if you really and, think about it, and then he adjusts his neckerchief, <laughs> his ascot. Yeah, that's the hu- per- hu- correct hu- word for it. Human interest. 
human interest. I did think it was, um, uh, I mean, fitting for us that the only criterion extra was a bog thing because it's like if we put him down, we might as well try to bring him back up for one week at least, you know, from the from the ground. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, could have mentioned more trains, but um, okay. oh well. That's that's our uh, review of the synopsis of could have been uh, more trains. Could have been more trains. Good night. <laughs> Good night. I mean, I actually, I, I'll tell you what I think about this movie later. But my genuine opinion was could have could have used more trains. I, I I wouldn't disagree. Yeah. So, uh, le bet humain. Do you know what that translates to? Uh, the human butt. I think is uh, what that is in French. It's, it's my favorite spot removal in green in Magic the Gathering, The Beast Within. It's not the human butt? No. Uh, so this is based on the writing of one Emile Zola. I love Emile Zola. He was one of my favorite guys. He's a great guy. One of my all times. <laughs> do you, do you, how, many, how, many, you know, uh, how many Emile Zolas do you have over on that bookshelf, RJ? I, that's that's the entire bookshelf, bud. Wow. I don't know if I, it's the whole thing. So it's so I, it's so it's uh you have Perks of a Wallflower and uh, all Emile Zola all the time. Right, have you ever yeah. seen? Have you ever seen in the previous year, uh, 1937? There was a little movie that came along starring Paul Mooney, the life of Emile Zola. Did you notice, RJ? Ah, uh, yeah, it's got Paul Mooney in it, right? Yep. I love it. I love that one. Yeah, I also really liked him. Uh, I liked uh, his debut in um, The Winter Soldier, you know, Armin Zola. Uh, he was great in that as well. Do you remember Arnim, Arnim Zola, Jared? I do. But but did Armin Zola ever win Best Picture? Maybe. I can't say for sure. Can you? I can. He didn't. Don't lie. He, he, didn't, either. he, didn't, he didn't win it. But... Emil Zola did, never won one himself, <laughs> but uh, a movie about him did, and that's why I've seen it, and that's why I went, Emil Zola, I know about this guy, but you know, one thing I just mm-hmm. learned is that the uh, uh, Park Chan-wok movie, Thirst, is loosely based on an Emil Zola story from nine, from 1867, uh, really? Therese Rakin. Really? I've had that movie in my Creeptober list for like six years in a row and I've never, I still haven't watched it. Yeah. I just can never get to it because it's like, what is it, like three hours or something? And I'm always just like, oh. Hmm. Oh. Never bring myself to it. Two saying. hours and 13 minutes. What, uh, Thirst? Yeah. Still a long movie. Like during Creeptober, are you going to watch a two hour, 13 minute movie? No fucking chance. So, as a big Emile Zola expert, uh, you're obviously familiar with Le Rougeant Macart, the uh, series of books. I believe there is twenty oh, yeah. of those. Oh yeah, I got the I got at least sixteen of them. Uh, do you have any... I'm still waiting for the other? Oh yeah, <laughs> still waiting for it to come out. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's, there's twenty of them. Uh, do you have any favorites? Nana, uh, Germanel, La Terre, La Rive, um... L'Argent. I think prolapse. What about prolapse? La, is my favorite. Le prolapse. Le debacle. Le, le debacle is that like lady by the boo de bouillon? Le doctor Pascal. Doctor Pascal's fine. I think it, that one's overrated. Okay. People like it way more than it actually is. So, like so, what it's worth. So you didn't even wait to read them all in order? 
No, well, I was trying to read them in publication date. So, like, not in chronological. And I know it's, yeah. like, one of those things. Like, I, I feel like that's the right way to do it is the publication date, what, not the like, chronological. Like, like, reverse publication date. Yeah. I see. Yeah. those are the last ones of the series. As you yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, of course. Of course. There's but, I mean, I'm kind of... I'm kind of a Zola purist, um, is what some people have described me as, like an enthusiast, potentially. So as a fan, as a big fan, what did you think of this letter, this this quote to Zola, from Zola, that is then punctuated? Because actually, so it opens up with the title cards, which are actually really nice. They have a nice translucence quality, hand-drawn, looks great. And then Mm -hmm. it goes to this scroll of a quote about what the movie is going to be. And then the signature of Emil Zola comes up, and then then a photo of Emil Zola comes in. And this music is just like, ah, France's greatest artist. I, um... I liked it quite a bit because I wasn't sure if it was what the movie was about. I, I was kind of just like, are they just saying Zola's an alcoholic? I was like, that's fine. That's kind of cool, too. That's pretty – that's kind of metal. But, uh, yeah, I, I liked it. I thought uh, – I, I, I liked the soft open with the – they're like, this is Zola country, baby. And, well, like, and you're going to you're gonna know about it. The bog monster uh, would disagree. Mm. He says it's the weakest part of the film. Well, Bog's a wiener, and we've talked about this many times. He's a, he's a little wiener, and I, I'm not, you know, even even in death, he's still a wiener. So whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's all in, it's all there uh, in footage. You can see for yourself, folks. Make your own conclusion. Mm-hmm. Sure. Or not. Uh, so at that point, so after this photo of Emil Zola fades out, we get a hard slam and cut to a raging fire of a train being fed with coal. And we get, not not kidding here, RJ, five whole minutes of sweet train footage. Uh, yeah, um, we got five. But as I said before, could have been more. Could have been more. Well, so we could get have. this whole, we get the entire process of this train getting operated. We get, we, we see Jean Gabin uh, being a train engineer. Uh, which, so apparently... I didn't look into this movie at all other than just the train aspect about it. Yeah. And uh, I actually thought that was really nice where John John Gaben, John Gaben was kind of just like, hey, I want to make a movie about uh, trains Could, uh, where I can be a train man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like that quite a bit. He just wanted to drive a train for a while. And um, I don't know. I think that's pretty, it's pretty nice because I I think that's some real man stuff. That's some Lee Marvin stuff. You know what I mean? Train Where he's action. like, hey, he's like, I want to make a movie about a train and I want to be the train. And you went, everyone went, okay, sure. You can be the train if you want. That's cool. So uh, I like that quite a bit. I like the train open. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. It's uh, well shot and there's no music over it or anything like that. It's just. The sound of the train moving and really nice, clear footage. Uh, the restoration of this looked pretty good. Whatever version of copy there is. This, of course, also, RJ, you forgot to mention, Studio Canal comes <sighs> ringing into your ears loudly. Yeah, it is, though. It is different from the traditional Studio Canal intro that we've seen many, many times. Uh-huh. Not the one... Not... <laughs> I... I... 
can't stand Studio Kettle. This one's not as bad as like like where it's like the the clouds and it's like a balloon. It's like it's like like party sounds like 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 pole whistles. Mm-hmm. It's too much. Get out of here, Studio Kettle. Too much. Too much. So the destination like. of this train, RJ, is Le Havre, which is also a Uwe Rosenberg game. You know about board games. Uh, I know about Uze Rosenberg, sure. Mm-hmm. There's a movie that Criterion has also put out with the same title, La Havre. La Havre? I know that one. Yeah, we'll know about it. We'll know about La Havre. It's a harbor, RJ. You know that? I, uh, I've i heard it. I've heard it. It's, uh, before we started this, I'll tell that story when we get to that movie, actually. Okay. I've heard about that movie before we started the podcast for a reason. Right. So. So. Uh, there's, yeah. a, there's a woman. She's complaining that a guy has a dog that he's trying to take onto a train. Yes. No. It's that lady's problem. Why? Why does she let that dog on? I don't know. You know, if I was a lazier man, I'd say you know, Karens. Yeah, I I wouldn't say that either. It's just, it's like, what's your deal? Dog's not going to be in your cart. Who? Why do you give a shit? It's the principle you know of the matter. I mean? When dogs can't ride trains, anyone can ride a train. That's not Fuck, the policy. That's, fish not, that's, on not, there that's not the want. policy. It's not the policy. You can put a fish on there if you really care. Excuse me. Or if you Excuse me. Well, anyways, that's what I mean. Dogs. Leave them leave the dog be. So anyway, yeah. so the station master, he has to go yeah. and address this complaint. And the yeah. man with the dog, well he's a he's a French rich asshole kind of guy. Sugar tycoon. Yep. And he's like, well, you know, if you don't let me get my way, I'm going to have to bring this up with the Grand Master of Trains. And uh, that is um, Thomas the Train? Thomas the Train. Or, what, what's the name of that, you know? You know that train guy? Thomas the Engine. That could? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so this is this is the inciting incident. Uh, Jean Gabin has nothing to do with any of this. Him and his uh, his colleague, they're like, they're just talking about mechanical problems on their train, and then there's this lady complaining about a dog, and this gets kicked upstairs with this complaint, and now the guy, the grant, the uh, the station master, he's all like, I'm worried about my job. This this might not work out well for me, and so he has to go tell his wife, uh, played by uh, Simon Simon. Uh, who mm. is sporting a very fine little Criterion cat that she's just petting? Yeah, yeah, I saw that kitten, that Criterion yeah, cat, and yeah, uh, yeah it's uh, just a nice little kitty. Nice, nice little, little kitty, just kind of hangs fluff out. Ball. Yep. yep. You know it's a kitten because it's sleeping, and you can just hold it, do whatever. Because kittens, infamously too tired to do anything. They're all tuckered out. Infamous about how tired they are. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's uh, cool. Uh, uh, so Simone Simon, she gets to uh, tell us a little bit how the Grand Master is her godfather, but everyone mm-hmm. else, everyone was afraid of him, but not her. They had a special relationship. What do you mean? Well, we'll get there, RJ. We'll get, mm. we'll get there. <laughs> so back to the train boys. Uh, Gavin mm. and his uh, his co-engineer, they got some downtime because some repairs have got to get done and there's this like bullshit where apparently these guys have to pay for their own supplies they have to pay for their own oil and if there's and any coal. yeah they have to pay for this themselves it's like whoa 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 what what kind of scam we run in here i don't know capitalism this... jared well yeah but it's like whoa i think i think these dudes need to unionize 
this is this is some real bullshit. That is, uh, I thought I like that where they're like, well, if you go with the wind, you save money because you can reuse that coal yeah. later, and then you go what? But before all that, I liked that hot plate action when they're all cooking their own mm. breakfasts and stuff like that. Although John Gaben talking he, about that uh, ham talking about that ham yeah and that dude told he's like can i have some of your ham and he takes all of it the greedy pig he takes all that guy john gaben's ham and ham for his eggs and you're just like fuck i would be pissed off if he took all my ham but um john gaben opens that can puts it in the pot and then uh he he like immediately eats a piece out of it i was like buddy that's not even been in there for an entire minute it's like you got to warm that shit up a little hey when you're having to pay to operate the train you drive for someone else yeah i guess i mean you gotta you gotta uh, cut corners where you can you build up a mighty appetite between stops that's true i just want to say i liked i like the scene of dudes just cooking breakfast with each other because dudes rock and they like to cook breakfast (laughs) you know what i mean yeah you're all for dudes dudes rock baby Tender. It's about tenderness, yeah. Jerry. Did you forget? Tenderness. You forgot. Tender trains. Yeah. So anyways, paying for supplies, you said. Yes. Um, And then, so Buddy goes home to hang out with his his wife. And his then wife. Jean, Jean Gabin, he's going to go pay a visit because he's like, well, I can't go anywhere for a little bit. Go wait for the train to get fixed. So I'm going to go visit some old family friends just, just down the line. And mm-hmm. uh, he do- he does, uh, and he comes across an assault of a the family friend's daughter who's all grown up, and she's like mm-hmm. washing off her feet on a boat, and these two uh, dudes Selfie. just show up and they're like, "Hey, we're watching you," and she's like, "Hey, lay off!" And oh yeah, and they just like they go for her like in this very like 1938 um, kind of <laughs> polite way where they're like, "Hey, we're gonna get you." And then she just, mm-hmm. like, shoves him into the water, and he's just, like, stunned. And it's, like, crisis averted. Okay, crisis rape the... averted. Yeah, rape averted. And that's, like, you're, like, oh, that's good. And then Jean Gabin comes along this, and he's, like, oh, oh wow, look at you. And you're, like, oh, she mm-hmm. kind of knows him, but she's acting real weird about it. She's, like, hey, I don't, I, I, I've really grown up, and I'm, like, man, you're a real, a real hot old man, Jean. A real... That's a real Joe Biden thing, hey? It's like, man, you've sure matured in all the right places. Remember when he said that? <laughs> Did he? I, he said something pretty similar. Is that, was this a meme? <laughs> That's hard to tell sometimes. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not quite sure. I don't, I, Interesting. I'd well, I'm. I'm glad you've uh, vocalized it to help further it <laughs> along. If, if whether or not he said it or not, it doesn't matter. It's neither well, here nor it's neither here nor there. This is a fictional podcast, so it can't be taken oh. legal, in any by any legal legal standards. It's fiction. I, I understand. I understand. It's a work of fiction. So anyway, so uh, Jean Gabin and this girl they're hitting it off, and they kind of uh, go by like kind of like that little hill area that's like right by a train track, and mm-hmm. uh, they, they start you know making out, but Jean oh. Gabin blacks out and he just starts strangling her. And, and and luckily for everyone, I guess, uh, the sound of the train comes along and it snaps him out of it because we find out uh, that this guy, he's got his, his family, his like hereditary like genes or something like that. Have, like his family were all like drunkards and now he's inherited all this and it's, and it's manifested that he has an uncontrollable blackout urge to just murder women 
But that's why he's a train conductor, you see. And so because the sound of the train keeps his mind clear. It's the only thing it's the only time he can like truly be calm is working with the trains because he gets he gets away from those trains and near a woman. Watch out. He can't help himself. That's the movie. This is this is a uh, uh, this is some real 19th century stuff here. How would you describe those actions in his character? Is there a word for it for a, for a man of that sort? Do you know what I mean? Is there a word for that kind of guy who is violent towards well, women it, for well, inexplicable reasons? Well, but he, but he's not guilty of it himself. He because he's because well, see that's the thing is like he kind of is absolved of it. But it's the beast the, that is alcoholism. It's the beast within. He's not making a choice. You mean it's a different kind of involuntary, RJ? I see. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Interesting. So anyway, this is like kind of played off. It's like, well, that's just what he has to deal with, and uh, people are going to have to have to learn to deal with me. Which my note here is like, what an odd film. <laughs> it's like, what well, this is a this is a hell of an approach here, Emil Zola. It's a real, uh, if you can't handle me at my worst, you so, don't deserve me at my best kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I guess Jean Renoir wrote this screenplay, like, having read the book 15 years earlier. and kind of just did it off the cuff, but when it came to uh, Simone Simon's dialogue, it was, it's almost like verbatim mm-hmm. from the book, allegedly. Uh, I mean, I could see, like, Real old ass movies. It's like, why would they change anything? You just kind of leave it as as it is, right? Yeah. Saves you work. Well, apparently this uh, this version of the story uh, strips out a lot of the melodrama from the original story. If you can imagine. Well, this, I mean, this is pretty it's already brimming stuff. with it. No, oh, yeah, brimming, brimming. Yeah. You know uh, I mean? So uh, the Simone character, she goes to pay the Grand Master uh, a visit. But then you get some like suggestions, like oh, there's some little bit of funny business going on here, and then she funny goes business, yeah, because like they, they just she, they, uh, her and her husband they go off to Paris and they're gonna meet up at this room after the after things are sorted out and they get back together and everything's like huh that this is all working out great, but then there's these these alluding things of like huh what actually happened what did you have to do but then he finds out this this husband this guy uh, Robard he's like. Finds out my wife, she she's banging her godfather. Just a bit, just a little is bit. What they say, and they're uh, like, "Oh, it's just a little bit." Yeah, it's a it's a touch. And so, yeah. well, I'd say that for the most part in this movie, uh, especially compared to the Fritz Lang version of the movie, he uh, he seems like fairly likable <laughs> up until I guess this turn, um, mm-hmm. and then suddenly it's like you know. He becomes enraged, gets a little, uh, a little, a little beady, gets gets angry because that's just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what happens here in the movie, and you're like, oh, damn. But now he's like, well, ah, I can't take it out on her, but I'm gonna get her to help me get rid of this this guy. We're gonna kill him. <laughs> you're like, oh, shit. All right, this is all very, well, this is all f- normal, is it? I mean, it depends. It, I think. I think some have described it as the new normal. Yeah. So, so again, once again, the beast within is revealed. The, the, I the, see. The, 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 the facade slips, and, it, and, I then, see. and then and then it's like, oh, this guy's a piece of shit. And now he's like, Just but, a and, and, and he, wants, bit, he wants a little bit of revenge. Yeah. What kind of revenge would you do? Well, 
it's, it's like in this movie. Um, I don't know. We're going to write a letter saying, mm-hmm. hey, meet me so-and-so such a place on this train. We're going to do this all. We're going to hook up again. But it's all plot because you're going to get him on the train. And while on the train, you're just going to show up and uh, stab the guy. Hmm. <laughs> That's the plan. It's not much. It's not a very good plan. It's a plan. I mean, what even is a good plan? Do you know what I mean? Well, not this one. So these two are coming back on the train where they kill the Grand Master, Jean Gabin's character. Uh, he gets on this train after visiting the family friends and you know almost uh, murdering the family friend's daughter. Something's in his eye. Uh, he happens to see these two coming back from the scene of the crime. But he's like, he recognizes his old pal. And uh, he's like, well, I'm kind of, I think your wife's, I mean, in his head, he's like, well, I think your wife's kind of hot. So I, mean, I don't, I don't want to give him up to the police. That would be cool, you know? Because I, I work with this guy. He's a good dude. <laughs> that, that maybe killed our boss. Maybe. And he said it like that, too. He's like, I think your wife's, like, kind of hot, eh? Uh, well, he doesn't say that, that but, but he tells her, hey, I think you're pretty. It's the implied part? It's the implied part. Yes, I see. I see. So this is about the 40-minute point of this movie. And then the next 40-odd yeah. minutes, 45 minutes, are, is this next phase of this plot, which is now, well, he saw us. And but, what are we going to do now? Well, but now she's got an idea. She's like, well, this this husband of mine who, like, beat me up, this guy's, like, kind of a dangerous asshole and also mm. n- knows too much and might set me up for this. And I, I don't like him anymore. So I'm going to make eyes at Jean Gabin. And maybe I can encourage him to kill my husband for me. So I'm out from under all this nonsense. Um, Yeah. That's kind of where it goes, very yeah, slowly. Yeah. Oh, there's an inquest. There, there's uh, a, there, yeah, there, where people are being interviewed and they uh, try to pin it on uh, a poacher guy who's played by Jean Renoir. Yeah, uh, I did not know that that was played by Jean Jean Renoir. Mm-hmm. It is indeed him. So he just wanted to get in there for a little bit, or Renoir, I guess, show off some of his acting chaps. Okay. But anyway, my my next note really here, though, is a very, very extended process of Gabin being worked on and into a a shoot, into killing Mm -hmm. uh, uh, her husband. And and it's like lots of scenes of like in train yards and elsewhere and like talking about it. Like, yeah, hit him in the back of the head with a pipe. (laughs) But like, there's a lot of talk. This whole like thing about him blacking out and killing people doesn't get really brought up until it it shows up like in the very end of the movie and it's because he's like kind of like chickens out he's like oh i'm gonna do it oh no i can't i know the guy <laughs> it's like yeah like you do he's a, there's a guy i've met yeah. before i can't kill him yeah. come on he says it like that too he goes come on so yeah to me a lot of this just felt like i am being shown things and that is enough to be convinced of these things needing to happen, but sure. it, but it doesn't feel inevitable. It feels like oh, this just feels like a presentation, very formulaic mm-hmm. of like oh, they're trying to get to this point. But it's just like I don't really, I'm not really getting convinced here. 
mm-hmm. by either of these performances or the or at least the characters. I think the, I think this is where the movie felt really underwritten to me. Anyway. Yeah. And then finally, uh, so now it's like she's doubting his prowess of being able to kill on her behalf. And then there's a party where he's like, "No, oh, I'm gonna do it. I'm really, I'm really going, I'm really going to kill him." And but then uh, before he can go and do this and fulfill this, he gets a little blackouty and he proceeds mm. to kill her, stabbing her to death. It's just an oopsie. A little oopsie at, at or while the train party's happening. Yeah, he can't help himself, man. And then he he walks out. He just take, he takes off, um, and, yeah. and no one knows where he is. It seems like oh he's dead, and but it's kind of left in the way where it's like oh it seems like the wife might be framed for this or left kind of thinking that she did it because of like money being taken out of. It's like all vague. There's no real conclusion to it, but it looks like it would appear that there's money being taken or that there's a knife involved and maybe it was this marital spat. It's like kind of left open ended. Um, yeah. And so Jean Gabin gets ready to go to work. He uh, he shows up fully dressed from the night before at the train at the start of his shift. He's like, hey, here's your overalls. we got to get going. Okay. And he gets on there and he tells his uh, colleague, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I killed her last night. I'm surprised the police haven't come here to arrest me yet. And the guy's like, "No biggie, no, no problem, fam." <laughs> he he says something kind of like, "He's like, well, the way you described it, it makes sense." Yeah. He's like, "Anyone would have." I think that's like that's literally a direct line. He's like, "The way you described it, it makes sense." I mean, it's what you'd say perhaps in the moment if it wasn't like also this 1938 movie where it's like, "Hey, hey, we'll we'll deal with this later. We got a train schedule to keep up, my dude." Was well, like the supply changer. You heard about the supply chain? I've heard all about it. Still hearing yeah. about it, even now. So trains. So, so trains. Uh, Jean Gabin, even now, though, he's on the train, which is the only thing that's soothed him up until this point. He he, mm-hmm. he he has an attack again, or or his guilt becomes so overriding that he strikes out at his colleague, knocks him back, and then jumps to his death, breaking his own neck. Train comes to a stop. He come. He gets off. He finds Jean Gabin's dead body. He's like, "Look how peaceful he looks. It's the most peaceful I've ever seen him." And the music goes. Na, 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 na. The end. Um. Trains, eh? Trains. Where's the <laughs> wanted more trains? Yeah, I did want more trains. So I will say this. I yeah. did not really care much for this movie, but I definitely liked it a little more after I watched the Fritz Lang American remake, Human Desire, from ah. 1954, which, oh, man. You see, I, I, you made this available to me, but I, uh, I unfortunately... Did not have the time to get it done within the last day and a half here. So I uh, could you could you describe the Fritz Lang one to me a little bit? It's so it's the exact same plot, more or less. But okay. instead of this like thing about this compulsion to like strangle women, and this guy's also a Korean vet. And I was like, oh shit, are they going to do like a, a PTSD a, a, thing? A, 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 a battle fatigue, shell shock yeah. thing? No, no, they're not. Uh, they he's just a guy. <laughs> And he doesn't have anything. Like he, he, Glenn Ford doesn't do anything in this movie. He's just along for the ride. And he, it's like it's very it's way more film noir where he has um, 
control over himself, but he's not trying to kill. There's no impulse. There's no like weird blind like rage or um, compulsion that he can't control. It's just like you know, he's just a guy, and none of that comes up. They they completely remove that from the story, and it's just like oh, but, but so um, the uh, Rabard character he in this movie is played like to the tilt. Like this guy is just a. Uh, like bellowing asshole guy who's like jealous mm. that my, my girl's sleeping with my boss and, <laughs> and he's just like you're gonna do what I say like he's way more of like a heavy and played yeah again like over the top and uh, it's yeah it's a film noir trapping with guys like well I, I saw something but I, didn't, I don't really want to say because I mean I think you're kind of a fetching young woman and you know mm. we, we work together on the trains so, so it, like it takes out it takes out, it's it's so much more straightforward. It takes out any of like the the I don't know the the flourishes of Renoir that like it made me appreciate those things way more. Sure, uh, because in the the Fritz Lang one, I mean, we, Fritz Lang's a a good dude. He's made some really great films, but this is sure. getting later and later in his film career. And this this one in particular, I think I think the next couple of his are. A, better but yeah human desire i was just like fuck this movie kind of sucks because uh, yeah. it's just like, a completely compare contrast in terms of like nuance like nuance for a movie that i didn't even think that had that much nuance uh we see it stripped down to this and it's just how do you even put it if, if, if it, just doesn't like, touch. It, it doesn't have the renoir it doesn't have the renoir touch the renoir glaze and you know what? I, I felt like that was missing in the Criterion presentation of this even because last couple of Renoir we've been watching, uh, they usually lead in with the Jean Renoir presents and it's that picture of him like, oh. and there's always, there was usually like an intro. He's like, this was a movie I made. And he'll be like, it wasn't my favorite movie, but it was a movie nonetheless. Yes. So Fritz Lang couldn't uh, keep up with that. Yeah, yeah and Human Desires just got these like on the nose musical cues. The characters are on the nose, and oh, the 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 the, little, the misogyny ramped up even more somehow. Where Ooh. one guy goes, women have different faces, so women can tell. Or sorry, it was actually a fe- a, a female character who's saying yeah. this about men, saying women have different faces, so men can tell us apart. And it's like, I'm like, man, that's a it's a nasty little comment here. These, these are supposed to be such ugly characters, I guess. Or of course, after uh, she, yeah. after she's uh, the the wife's banged the grandmaster character, uh, she's like, I need to have a shower, <laughs> which is like, oh, <laughs> it's like, mm. wow. yeah, really uh, puts it into your imagination, RJ. And then of course the 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 husband character also goes, I got the leftovers, didn't I? Ah, uh, yeah. Gee. Garrett. Yeah. Nasty, oh, nasty, nasty little picture. Uh, so you're saying there's you preferred chance. the Fritz Lang one. You're saying there's a chance. <laughs> They're that... so different. Uh, and it's like, it's but, it, but at the end of the day, though, I think it's different, just kind of, but same. It's kind of an underwhelming story uh, that I think it could have been, could be done better. But when you're using yeah. the same reference material, I think, I think it's just, not, not much, not much. It's not a redeeming Jean Renoir for me at this point. Uh, he's still uh, pretty average at best. Uh, he's the director of The River? He is the director of The River. I see, yeah. I see. But, um, so yeah, 
Jean Renoir, here we are again. And your best uh, friend, my best friend, good mm-hmm. close personal friend, Jean Renoir. Mm-hmm. RJ, what did you think of the Beast Within? Could he use more trains? <laughs> my my main my main comment and critique and art like thought on this movie is is legitimately that I thought it could have used more trains. Um, I don't know. I uh, so I was watching this thing. I really like the intro. I like just the train the train stuff. I was like, that's cool. And then uh, I, I liked the. I honestly, I, I just wanted to, I, I'm kind of with John Gaben where I was like, yeah, he should have just made a movie about him kind of riding the rails, like literally Lee Marvin style. You know what I mean? Emperor of the North style. That's what that movie's called, right? Emperor Hit, of the North. Is that what, yeah, yeah, that's what it's called. Hitting dudes with chickens and stuff. Um, but anyways, uh, I did like, uh, I wanted more of that. And all the other stuff was kind of like, yeah. Uh, I didn't really care about the couple, like the lady and her husband, because that it seemed like such a different movie where it's kind of like, oh, this lady's got her like her husband killed the dude and now she's going to get someone else. And it's like, oh, it's like I have seen that movie before, too. Um, And I know it's kind of like the the mesh of those things, but uh, I kind of want to just separate. I just wanted I just want to see this dude riding the riding the trains for a long time. I kind of would have liked that more. Um, I didn't much care for the uh, the gene heredity induced alcohol induced <laughs> rage because I was kind of like, all right, like this is, this is dumb. <laughs> yeah, and it was one of those things. It's like, do I care that much? No, but at the same time, I was like, it's pretty silly because like I actually like I actually had to rewind it for a minute because. I didn't quite see his the explanation of why he had these rage fits. It just for a second, like, or maybe it's not even introduced at first, but like, it took me a second to figure it out because I looked away for a second, like you did in uh, the other movie earlier. And when I looked back, he was just choking her, and I was like, "It's like, wait a second. It's like how the, I was like, how did we get here? I was like, why is he choking her all of a sudden? Uh, so I, I, I kind of. You know, I figured it out eventually, but I was like, oh, I was like, that's kind of silly. Um, it's fine, but it is silly. Uh, so you have that, which is whatever. Um, like, I'm this is this is a movie that I'm I'm genuinely kind of just at a loss of what to talk about for it. Well, you... how about how about <laughs> when uh, apparently Peter Bogdanovich said that the movie is set on a train that may be thought of as one of the main characters in the film. I, I I can't I hate I hate when people describe stuff like that. It's like, oh, you know, in Rosemary's Baby, the apartment is like the main character, like the apartment building is the main character of that story. It's like I know. <laughs> Sorry, Jay, are you? Uh, I know. Are you? I get are you? It. Are you asking? Do you have anything from the train's point of view? I would like to know if you have anything from the train's point of view, because that I'd be more interested in that. And that's what I'm saying. If there was a Thomas the Train thing where it's just about trains sentient trains moving around i think that would maybe be a better movie and again not that this is a outright this is a, it's not a bad movie or anything like that it's just like i don't care that much like i want more trains jerry i want more pictures of john gaben cooking up ham 
<laughs> uh, he wasn't cooking the ham, but I'd like I'd like more stuff about him. So, anyways, that that dude is. I don't know how it played out then, but you see this dude now. He's he's like slapping this girl around, calling her a slut, and like he's just like you slut. He's like I'm gonna kill him, and then he goes and kills the guy, and then you're just like, okay, are we? Who are we rooting for here? And then like, like do you know what I mean? Like, cause the girl's kind of there cause she has to be, but like, you're like, what are you're like, what are what's our end with game her, in this uh, thing? With her asymmetrical smile. Uh, well, one the, side's, one side's like one little... side, she kind of like her eye, like a, yeah, it's very like I'm not sure if it's uh, she's playing into that. I'm, I'm not really too much too familiar with uh, uh, Simone Simon's uh, work, but in this, I think she, I felt like she was like really kind of like playing this like double sided nature thing yeah. with her uh, her smiling. Mm-hmm. There is um maybe maybe it's Jarrett maybe it's maybe it's like an allegory for like how she's playing like both sides of like the men for her own safety. Do you remember uh, her turn in Cat People? Yeah, I loved it. What about in The Devil and Daniel Webster? Oh, it was amazing. That's what I thought. I didn't. I mean, I obviously didn't make those connections, but what as you say it now, it's like, oh yeah. I, I kind of well, remember I remember that. I remember it from Cat People, which is a movie that yeah, I'm, I'm I think I'm one of those people on record being like I don't think this movie's that good. I love Curse the of the sequel. Cat People. Yeah, Curse of the Cat People is real good. That's right, real good. How how does this uh, compare to a previous Renoir entry, Boudou Saved from Drowning? Well, Boudou always that movie was also strange. That was the movie that kind of endorsed. Working through the no, uh, as a um, as an again a plot point, because he kind of Badu forced himself on that lady, and then and then she fell in love with him, and it's like, is this the message that we want to send? Is this what we're going for? I don't know, I don't know. Uh, so, anyways, uh, what are we talking about? La bête Uma. Yeah. So his his um his inner turmoil stuff is pretty silly. Uh, I did like some of the shots. Like, there's actually one really nice shot in this one. Uh, it's like the puddle, and it's his reflection in the puddle. And then the camera kind of like turns like right side up, like it's upside down at, through the puddle, and then it kind of centers itself up. I thought that was actually really cool when he's walking around with his like a uh, crowbar or whatever, but contemplating, he's like, "Do I kill people? Do I not kill people?" I actually thought that scene was really cool. But again, because it took place on the the rail yards and i just wanted more train stuff uh but that shot do you, you know the one i mean right like the reflection in the puddle yep. that, that one was really good i like that one quite a bit uh i like that uh and there's some funny there's some funny dialogue in this movie just like the interactions that people have there's a talk of clout which i thought was fu- like it is silly <laughs> but i thought it was funny you know most movies could use a little bit more discussion about clout clout i agree i agree but uh it's got like some of those common trappings of like older things where it's like i don't know i know it's like romantic but like all these interactions with people where it's like they're instantly like so drawn to each other like when john gaben's at uh their house and then he's leaving and the guy's like the other guy's like oh it's the door who could it be now Mm -hmm. and he's like annoyed that someone's knocking on the door and it's just like dude people can like 
it's like if, if the phone rang and someone was like, oh, my God, what is it? And you're just like, man, it's just a phone ringing. Um, but like when they go away, John Gibbons like, I will see you later. And then they kind of pull really close to each other. And they're like basically like rubbing their noses on each other. Like, And you're just like, man, it's all right. You can relax. Like you don't got to do that. Like you don't got to be like that forward with it. So like that, I, I, again, I know why old movies have romanticism because it was it's what they did. But uh, I thought that part was kind of silly as well. Um, and then, yeah, the ending is uh, the ending's really bizarre. <laughs> like, uh, well, actually, before that. So when that dude kills that guy, he hides all his stuff, but he hides his the guy's wallet with all the cash in it under the floorboards. And it's like, at least take the cash out. It's like, I can understand why you can't pawn the watch because you would incriminate yourself. But you could have taken the cash. I guess he didn't need the cash. And that was the point. I don't know. But anyways, yeah, the ending's so... <laughs> It's so weird. He's like, yeah, so I killed a chick last night. And the dude's like, no way. He's like, yeah, but like, she kind of like did this thing I didn't really like get along with. And her husband was like kind of a bad dude. And then the guy's like, well, I mean, if you put it that way. I think he kind of, I think he kind of felt bad about killing that guy. mm -hmm. There was a bunch like that. But it does, like it does honestly... He's kind of like, wow, I just killed some dude. And then the other guy, like, it's not like this, but it's essentially just, well, you know, it happens, man. It's like the way you're telling me about it, who who wouldn't have done it? So he's like, I don't blame you. He's like, let's get this train moving. <laughs> he's like, okay. And then they go. And then it's just, woo, <laughs> right over the ledge. And then you go, okay, I guess that's the end of John Gaben. Mm-hmm. And then the movie's over. And then you go, okay. So again, we've had a long string of movies here where I go, it's not a bad show, but I don't particularly care. No. Oh, so also human desire. Um, so what happens at the end of this movie is uh, Jeff, our, uh, the hero of the film, nothing, nothing happens. Uh, he just drives the train and mm-hmm. in the back, uh, the, the Robard character, Carl, he just uh, murders his wife um, in a rage because they, they don't trust each other. And Was it alcohol-induced? No, no, anger. He just kills her. And now he's like, uh-oh, no getting out of this one. And then mm-hmm. Jeff's up front just riding, driving the train going, yeah, I'm going to go hang out with my uh, family friend's daughter now. Who mm-hmm. I bought a like Japanese kimono for. How many kimonos do you own, Jarrett? Zero. What? I'm sorry. Man of your stature? Man of my stature, even. Of all the resources okay. I have, I only have one. Okay. All right. I'm just I'm just surprised is all. That's mm-hmm. fine. I know. Yeah. My, so my, anyways, my this... top knot might throw you off. Uh, samurai bun. That's what some people might call that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So n- neither one of us is... You know, like fiending to like watch this all over again, huh? All I could say is maybe we'll get them next time. Get them next time. You want to hear what uh, people are saying on Letterboxd? Who hates this movie? Who they hate trains. They hate trains. They well, they hate they hate sure. the, they hate how they depicted the character. Ah, uh, okay. Of, of the train. Mm-hmm. Starring Burton and Caster. Uh, mm-hmm. James Vincent, one star. Great train shots. Great cast. 
But Le Bet Humain never connected with me as I never felt it came together into something satisfying or engaging. It's strange to say, considering it's genre noir, but this is the most disappointed I've been with a movie in some time. I got literally nothing out of this. It felt like a waste of time, which has prevented me from potentially wasting more time on Renoir movies. Some of his mm. stuff works for me, and some, like Le Béhumain, feel like a black hole trying to suck my enthusiasm for cinema out of my soul. If it sounds like I hate this movie, it's because I do. <laughs> well, James Vincent, he's uh Australian film lover, just right near Oliver Granger. Um, it's not bad taste. A lot of five-star ratings for stuff. Some good stuff in there. Favorite films, Fallen Angels. That's the second week that's come up in favorite films. Late Spring, The Fog, and Blow Up. But here's where it gets interesting, Jared. Some one-star films include The Patriot from Mel Gibson. Yes, The Patriot. Uh, Billy Madison and Deuce Bigelow. All movies that we've, one way or the other, talked about tonight. This person just really hates Rob Schneider. A lot of one stars to Rob Schneider films for some reason. But Deuce Bigvo, 1999, year of best movies ever. And it's it's one of them. Right, Jared? Did you watch Killing Birds this week? I did not. Okay. You watched something with similar poster. This Killing Birds has a similar poster. Okay. Anyways. How about so. film from men? Oh, yeah. One and a half stars. This is a lengthy one. Jean Gabin, who I usually like, plays a train engineer who is a little withdrawn and talks about his train as his wife. It's true. In an early scene, you find out that he has a history of illness, and when he visits an old flame, he seems to lack all social skills, but throws himself at her and kisses while she tries to escape crying. But the more he half-rapes her, wow. Oh, uh, okay. The more he she melts, and in the end, she embraces him tenderly. Nice. Uh, I wonder how many nice. women. Yeah, I wonder how many women who have been badly treated because scenes like the 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 dice. Um. Uh, but yeah, film from men. But the embraces Bizarre. are then switched to neck choking. She can't breathe. He finally lets go of the panting girl and lies on the grass with a straw in his mouth and says something like, it's like it is. I get a little like this sometimes. And she just says, no danger, old man. You're fine. We should get married, right? This woman's bad judgment is about to put her in big trouble. But luckily, he says no. He is married to the train, which seems like a good match for him. He rides train, as earlier noted. Oh, my goodness. And one evening, he sees a crime. A woman is forced to cover a murder her husband done. She charms Lantier, and they begin some kind of relationship. But she is a typical femme fatale who is married, and Lantier is a love-mad maniac. So the odds of a happy ending are quite low. Or high, you might say. Happy ending is not likely in this situation. I think I'm, I'm I think I'm picking up on what's going on here. Little, I see a little bit of ESL, I think. I see. As femme fatale, she talks with an annoying baby voice, but her baby voice not only says that Lantnir is cute, but also that her husband should be murdered, and if he does not become dead, she intends to date a younger, nicer man. How are things going to end? Will he murder the man, or will his inner woman hating win? Waste one and a half hour of your life to find out. 
film from film from men, hey? Yeah, uh, yeah. There's some some twists and turns I I had not <laughs> anticipated. No, neither neither would I have. This person also uh, has a favorite uh, five star films for late spring. So, whatever connection you want to make there, uh, they also five starred Lahane, which uh, you know, interesting. Um, some one star films include What Women Want, the Mel Gibson classic, uh, Criterion Films, and God Created Woman, Alphaville, and The Ship Sails On. All one stars apparently, which is bizarre. Two other bizarre one-star films, Mandy, which I didn't love, but I don't think it's one-star, and Stuart Little. And then the last one-star film, another criterion, uh, Shake, Otis at Monterey, which is like, you know the Pennebaker stuff? Yep. I know some people don't love that, but it's like, why would you give that one-star if you don't want to watch 20 minutes of Otis Redding playing live? Really simple, dude. Don't watch 20 minutes of Otis Redding playing live, like... You know what I mean? Why would you rate that one star? I don't get it. I don't get it. And they gave Hoobie Halloween one and a half stars. Oh, what ass! What monstrous assholes! <laughs> and, and when you watch Hoobie Halloween next year, Jared, you'll get it. You'll say, "Man, how how could that guy have done that? It's bizarre." This year. Whoa! Yes, this. Is, well, no, I'm 2023 is the year for you. Next year, I see. Yeah. Next year. Okay, uh, one more for you. A little bit further down. Feels for reals. I see. I think this has this person come up before. I, I don't think so. Two okay. stars. The synopsis on the Criterion Channel states that this film quote earns star Jean Gabin a permanent place in the hearts of his countrymen, and that it is a quote suspenseful journey into the tormented psyche of a working man. So uh, imagine my surprise when instead of a warm story about a working class hero, I proceeded to watch a lurid tale of sex and murder. And hey, I can do lurid, but I could not for the life of me root for, care about, or engage with any of these characters on any level. Hard pass. Um. So feels for reals. Uh, so... They said they, they don't want to change their top four often because I find my current layout aesthetically pleasing and I'm lazy. In my I'm lazy. In my world, stories and characters come first. The technical aspects in filmmaking are second. Although I can greatly appreciate direction and cinematography when my other boxes are checked off. And then they have uh, uh, very lengthy descriptions of what each star rating is, like a paragraph at least at least for each. And then in their half star, they ha- they describe what it is, but then they have edit. And it says, I rated something half a star. Tinto Bros is the howl, and I am absolutely certain it it deserves my poor rating, even though I only watched about 20 minutes. So they say that. Uh, this person's uh, favorite films are Picnic at Hanging Rock, Sawdust and Tinsel, Woman in the Dunes, and Yojimbo. And I got to say, I've been noticing... A lot of people who love Picnic at Hanging Hanging Rock, I think, claim to like movies more than they actually know what movies are. I've noticed a lot of people are like, I love Picnic at Hanging Rock. And it's like, do you really? Do you really? When I first watched that movie, I liked it a lot. And then upon rewatch, I was like, huh. (laughs) What what happened? I know. I know. This person also gave the... Wicker Man one star. Oh, come on. 
I mean, there's lots of other ones in here too, but that's the one that kind of stuck out most to me. Oh, they gave Gertrude one star. Remember Gertrude, Jarrett? I believe uh, our, our Sam watched that recently. I, I know. He's a big Gertrude boy. He is. This, this person also gave Toby Dammit a half a star, Jarrett. Half a star for Toby Dammit. One and a half stars for Halloween 3? Okay. Come on. All right. Come enough. On. Enough feels. One and a half stars for Amarcord? Come on. <sighs> Come on. There's farting in that movie. Mm-hmm. What's not to like? It's not to like. Well, RJ, any parting thoughts for our man Jean Renoir and or his boy Jean Gabin for that train, that beautiful train? All I know is I would have liked more trains, and I'd say more, but <clears throat> I know I'm going to see both of these sons of bitches probably soon i haven't looked into it but i know that there there will be some jean renoir john gaben thing coming up <laughs> real soon so he's gonna get you i know it's like john criterion just couldn't like he's just like john gaben john renoir john gaben john jean, renoir jean criterion jean criterion john renoir and you go all right all right yeah, we're um, where are we at with him? I'm, I'm going. To see, I'm taking a peek because uh, I'm curious. Oh boy, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure wow. there will be one within the next six months. No, 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 no. This is the last time we see him for a very long time. No, come on. Yep. We 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 haven't had. Have we ever had a six months break where we haven't had a Jean Renoir film? Well, this this is actually like Kurosawa, where there's a big drop off now. Huh. They got them all out of the way and they're done. The, it's kind of the end of an era. This is it. Guess guess when uh, guess how many movies will be till we see Jean Renoir again? According to well, a, a cursory glance I'm doing here. Well, before you said anything, I would have guessed like like five months. So I don't know what is that like four, eight, twelve, sixteen, twenty-four, like thirty movies. <laughs> Is what I would have guessed. I think it's like 320. Holy shit. That's pretty big, I guess. It's a big gap. Usually it's a big one. Maybe even actually 400. Like It's a lot. God damn. Yeah, it's way... Well, fuck. Uh, At least the curse is broken a little bit. We can get away from fucking Jean Renoir and Kurosawa for a while. Yeah. For a while. I'm sure Bergman will... I mean, it's like those those are the big boys. But mm-hmm. same with Fellini. Like, they kind of drop off on Fellini stuff, too. Well, eventually, there's an end point for those guys, right? Eventually, they'll run out. <laughs> eventually. Well, I mean, I don't know. If Bergman and Fellini and Kurosawa do a team-up soon, then it'll be a different story. But Yeah, uh, yeah Bergman, we don't see again till Spine 412. So he's like the next guy, but yeah, like Renoir, my goodness, spine for seven forty six. Oof. Oof. Yep. Okay. I mean, I'm fine with that. I'll live. <laughs> I'm willing to accept that. Mm. Yeah. 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 Actually, it's kind of funny. Uh, it's Bergman and Kurosawa will be back to back when we see them again. Oh well, of course. That doesn't surprise me at all. No. But 
you know. <sighs> well, yeah. there you go. After the break, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. RJ's dead. He stabbed him. And I'm gonna I'm gonna take a jump off that train. I'm sure I had my reasons. Was it alcoholism? <laughs> it was uh my grandfather and my father and my father's father father. And their yeah. alcoholism? Yeah, they're they're demons. That that's how it works. I've got and no choice. I got a no choice. It's the beast, gambler, and alcoholor. They uh they come into my family of the the genes, the heredity. Uh, good. There's not not an Italian thing about this movie, and there was <laughs> right at the end. Right there. Oh, my. Email us at criteriancrease at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Tell us about your trains. Tell us about trains. You know you know what I thought you were going to say, Jarrett? What's what? your beast within? Oh, that's pretty good, too. RJ. Is, well, let me ask you. Yeah. <laughs> RJ, what's your beast within? Alcoholism. Oh, so you, this is about you. Watch, Essentially. Watch out, Andy. But watch trains out. don't calm me down. <laughs> Nothing oh. calms down this this alcoholism. We've, uh, we've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. We're mm-hmm. on Patreon, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. Gambler. <laughs> Gambler. Next week, Spine 325. Mm-hmm. RJ. Robert yeah. Hammer's... Kind hearts and coronets from 1949. Sounds great. You seen this? this? I've heard about it, but I haven't seen it. You've all heard. Hearing about it. Yeah. Sounds amazing. What's what's not to like? You know uh, who's in this? I don't. Is it John Gabin? Pure Alec. All Guinness? Yeah. (laughs) It still doesn't make any sense. Uh... It was the worst. It was the worst thing they've ever done. Keep, keep, just think about it longer. You'll get there. Oh, okay. Okay, that's my problem? Yeah. Okay, makes sense. It's, it's too English for that. 
Wow. It's like Mr. Bean. It's too Mr. Beans? Too highfalutin. I know Mr. Beans. Like plural. Do you know about Mr. Beans? I do not. Well. Jared. Is he related to or friends with Frank? Frank Beans? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Franks? Who? Franks and Beans. Oh, Jarrett. Oh, jeez. Mm. Good night. Franks and Beans. <laughs>